describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Previously on Grog Talk. The story ends well. I mean, other than, of course, the decapitation, I think the story ends well. And with that, we're going to celebrate by eating peeps. I'm really, I'm, I'm really sorry about. No! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then they eat them. We rolled, this, we rolled the Amulet of the Plains. Amulet of the Plains. Can you play like mob, like mob rules on a mandolin or something? Like play some metal on a mandolin. Breaking the law, breaking the yes. law, breaking the law, breaking the law. I wonder if that is the first time in the history of the world that breaking the law has been played on a mandolin. Entangle only works works near plants, dead from assassination. Oh, poor Jonathan, dead, Vic, dead. Wow, dead. Wow, this is this is like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like half the teams are gone in the first round. Dead, is the playing game? Everyone is dead. Wow, this is a bloodbath. Welcome to the Broad Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. And we are back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. And I'm Dan. And Dan, where are we from today? So, as you know, we are out of the abyss. We are continuing the Grog Talk tour. And uh, today we are from the Broken Web at the town of Byre. 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 Byre, give yourselves a hand. That's right. There we go. Congratulations. We're, of course, live in front of the studio audience, so. Wow, that's a big crowd. <laughs> I think they're angry. <laughs> why, why do in adventure modules, why are the towns always, some, not always, but often just tough names? You don't know how to pronounce them. Right? You remember from Citadel by the Sea, there was, I think, AWAD, A-W-A-D? Yeah. And A-Wad, this is that's right. A-Wad. And this is fire, beer. I mean, if you're going to make it, shouldn't you allow, and you're going to send it in, you have a name that people know how to pronounce. James, do you know, this is a hard one. I don't think you're going to, do you know where the broken web in the town of Byers from? What adventure? It is an adventure that was published in Dragon Magazine. Okay, that narrows it down considerably. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> it makes it harder, probably. Yeah, there's only 400 dragming. So, uh, I have no idea, Dan. You, you got me. That's, yeah, that. That that's a t- chagmat. Do you remember chagmat? Mm-mm. That sounds oh. like a, 
That sounds like a medication you take. <laughs> brought, yeah, today's episode of Grog Talk is brought to you by Chagmat. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, Chagmat. So I had like spider things, I had a picture hmm. of a spider, drawing of a spider on the door and the adventure. Okay, moving on. That's where we're at. I got and, and And just to let you know, we do overhear conversation concerning the disappearance of five maidens from the town. These five women have all vanished within the last two weeks. Not James, now this is going to startle you. Search parties have been sent out, but you know what happened to the search parties? What? They were never heard from again. You know, that's that seems to be what happens with them. They are just they search parties and they never heard from again. And then you, dear adventurers, are the ones who will save the day. Save the fair maidens. That's great. Well, I say we keep moving on. <laughs> we just leave this town. Yeah, why would you <laughs> sounds dangerous. That's the DM's worst nightmare, right? They they read the they read the whole module. They're all ready for it, and the part one it's always one person. At least recently, I've noticed it, this more. James, you sir have been that person. I have. Shall, shall I? Okay, and 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 shall I remind you? I was running uh, Chapel of Silence. Remember that one? I do. That I, I I wrote a poem about it because it was so horrible. <laughs> for like instead of the sound of silence, the Chapel of Silence, if I remember. And, and and you, the party came upon this abandoned chapel right. in, in, the, in the mountains pass on the way to wherever. And you're like, let's just keep moving. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> so basically, I'm going to have to, like, dorso it with, like, random rolls in the wilderness. And, okay. People be like, that was a strange adventure. It didn't have a lot of cohesion. It just right. seemed like a, a series of random adventures. Okay, well. Blame James. Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't part of our mission. We had it. We were going someplace, if I recall. And mm-hmm. what did we? What did my premonition of my character determine? We would have avoided. Now, mind you, for those listening at home, we are first to third level uh, at this time. What were some of the great creatures that we could have encountered in the Chapel of Silence? I, I assume, because you assume you're talking about the vampire. You did encounter the vampire. That's right. A vampire, ladies and gentlemen, was in this uh, in this thing, as well as a tro- weren't your trolls having uh, carnal relations, if I recall, or, or ogres or something like that. Yes, but that's not dangerous. That's that's not dangerous unless you decide to get involved. Uh, I think there was a cockatrice as well that we. You mean, you mean like that little chicken thing? <laughs> you could you could go ride the cockatrice. You could, yeah. That's uh, that would have been a terrible disaster. Well, right. okay, James. Based upon your theory, then why don't you just play a salt merchant or something? <laughs> I'm sure there's a, maybe that's the role playing game for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you just you're you're merchant class. I want to be a merchant. I want to. I think you know. There's I, I've heard there are the uh, the gnomes. Uh, adventure RPG, you know, where you like help the rabbit find his uh, carrot that was misplaced. Maybe that's more my speed. Uh, there's a halfling. Well, there's a game. There's an RPG someone did recently where you are you're a halfling in the village, and yeah, that's you do stuff like that. Like who who stole Farmer Maggot's mushrooms, and you you find them and kill them. So, uh, but Chapel of Silence was a. a as it wasn't low level adventure. I mean, he, that's what they said, right? Yes, it's I believe Molly Plant, and it was for basic. It was for Holmes Basic, but I don't 
believe that the vam. We've had this conversation before, I think. I don't believe that the vampire in Holmes Basic was significantly different, such that that could explain the inclusion of it in a low-level adventure. I, I don't know. Well, you're supposed to run, and you ran. Well, most of you did. <laughs> no, we, we those, tried to run. Those who ran left. That's right. <laughs> Running was good. Uh, actually, it was fun. It was a fine adventure. But uh, yes, I was that guy who said, mm, "Nah, I don't want to do this one." Okay. But, but, but James, you saw me expertly save the adventure and pull you back in, right? Yeah, I think you've said this is the adventure, and if you yes, wanted, James. <laughs> God damn it. This is what I got. James, you son of a bitch. Ooh, there you go. Got it. Oh, I can't say anything on this show. Okay. I've said that twice now. You got a new one. I can't say anything on this show. So I have that one. All right, what time is that? That was... Uh, the whole show is now just getting sound clips of you. I'm surprised right. you don't just call me up on Skype like... You know, just claim to have to talk about something and just, like, record it. Something controversial. All right. Uh, so, all right. So maybe I'll pull that. I have so many bits now. It's it's just, it's, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't even fit them on the soundboard. So, <laughs> but, uh, all right, moving on. That was very good. So, GrogCon, it's coming together October 15th through the 17th. And, uh, you know, this, hopefully next month we'll... You'll be able to buy your tickets if you are a patron of a high enough tier. Uh, we will buy your tickets for you. So when they come online, let us know that you're coming down. I, I really need to let you, you know, we will be physically paying for the tickets. It's not like we have free tickets. So if, if you don't come, we'll have extra tickets. So we prefer that you're coming <laughs> if you yeah. are. But we, yes. we, we want be our guest. And... Um, we're also looking at some kind of early bird uh, incentive to entice people to come because one of the things we were stressed about two years ago was, um, you know, a lot of people didn't sign up to the very end, and we were scrambling to uh, get to get games going, and we'd really want to get this a little more organized. So, oh, great, Lloyd's going to be there. Thanks. We'll we will see you, Lloyd. Oh, that that is great. We have one. For us, for, uh, and from and he's he's uh he'll be there. We got one. We got one. We got one. Yeah, not not nothing. Nothing instills confidence like checking that board of games like a week before and seeing zero out of eight, zero out of eight, zero right. out of eight. So, and James, maybe this might be a time. You know, I said I was going to spring some things on you. Yes, please do. We've talked about haven't we about having a having a mascot for GrogCon, like the Olympics because it's Olympics time. The Olympics are coming up. Correct. The Summer Olympics, aren't they? I think they are. Uh, is it the- Japan, aren't they happening? Oh, I lost you. There is a summer. There is a there is a Summer Olympics. I believe it's in uh, Japan. Okay, so you, we should have, and they have a mascot. You always have a, ma- a goofy mascot for the Olympics, correct? Uh, usually, it's some weird anime. You know, weird. And and Japan, not that they're weird, but they're known for their colorful mascots. Cities have mascots. It's a very popular thing over there. Well, I thought Gronkhan should have a mascot. We should randomly roll at some point a mascot, and then we can name it. And that would be, you know, the equivalent of the, the goofy Olympic mascot. Yeah. Well, if you, wanted, if you want to draw our mascot and name it, that would be awesome. 
But we got to randomly roll it. It's got to be a randomly rolled monster. So, you know, it could be like the Displacer Beast. It could be anything. You know, Jimmy the oh, Displacer Oh, I see. I see. So we we're not going to make up something. Uh, Ogre Magi is, is, was a suggestion. James, yeah. have you seen the show? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, what, do you, what do you guys think of that idea? <laughs> There you go. No. So there you go. I, yeah, I don't know. I like the idea. I like trust it. The di- trust the dice, J- James. Trust that. Use the dice. Okay, use the dice. I like it. All right. Trust the dice. So, so I wasn't. I wasn't sure if we were creating a mascot from whole cloth or just naming mm-hmm. the mascot. I got it now. I'm with you. I you- think it's randomly rolled, and then and then we can name it. That that'll be the fun. We we can name it, and people can draw pictures of it. It it's. I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, I like it. So we could roll. When are we going to roll this thing? Whenever, whenever you want. Well, let's do it next month when the tickets are, are going. So that because I, I don't want to go through all that. Uh, but there's also Go Delicious. If if we don't, it could be always be the de facto uh, mascot. You could. We could recreate his killing. Like I a, mean, I like an annual I festival. Like, I don't like losers. I mean, I, I don't. Ooh. I don't like monsters Ooh. that weren't. I like monsters. I like monsters that weren't killed, okay? <laughs> okay. I love it. That's very, uh, that sounds very familiar. Uh, you know. He was I don't a, care if Go Delicious is a war hero. He was. Okay? He's a war I don't care. I like monsters that His weren't killed. His history was, with us, was legendary, but apparently <laughs> that doesn't do anything for you. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, very good. Uh, I have to write that down. We've got to write down. Uh, hold on. Follow up. Oh, you write this down. Can you carry the show for a second? I just noticed sure. I'm without dice, which is like a cop without his gun. No! Why are you... Is, is this... You know, I'm going to force you to come back here only because you've become less and less prepared as this is going on. Oh, really? When I would show up at your house, I'm like, wait, where, where the dice? I think they're in the trunk of my car. And I, and, and I had this big bag and I couldn't find certain dice. It was, just, it was worse. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. just because it's been so long. All right, I'll go get some dice. I will continue this this uh, side freak show. That's right. Tell a joke. I, I don't have any jokes. Okay, mascot roll randomly. All right, you- so go ahead. Keep going. I got this. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, so uh, we'll roll for mascot, apparently. Grognard's Guild Online. Uh, a lot of good stuff. And play-by-post is going great. If you, uh, we, we get a lot of people listening to the show. If you're not playing first edition D&D or another old school game, come out to our Discord. People are playing by post uh, on the Discord, which is amazing. They're also using Meetup to play online. And eventually, sooner than later, we may actually be able to play in person. We, will, we are more than happy to host on the Meetup your game so you can get people together. So... Um, so let's talk about, and this is all possible thanks to our patrons, right? Thank you, patrons, for all that you do. We have uh, next month, we're going to have two new, uh, well, we should have talked behind this. He's back. He's back. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, we have two new patrons coming next month, so we'll be rolling two new titles. So that's super exciting. I'm very happy about that. And... Um, what we uh, do need to do is give away something. How about that? That's super fun. We like giving away another, right? So wow, just, you you really you you've come one eighty again on this uh, 
on the track. Oh, yeah, we're ooh. giving away the Sanguine Labyrinth. This is the one that uh, this is from Carlos Lysing of Castle Entertainment. This is with the wall, the, the a very evocative picture. It's hard to see on the, but for those on the podcast, it is the party is going through a, and the walls are bleeding, and it looks the. The characters uh, look very wary. Shockingly, they're concerned as they walk through a, a dungeon with blood oozing walls. You would, you would think uh, that wouldn't be such a big deal. But apparently well, at least they're not is. being eaten. Well, I assume that happens later. That's, like, that's on the back cover. <laughs> Ooh, let me see what's on the back cover. Nothing's. Uh, I, there could be something on the back cover, but it has a little uh, white sheet to keep it a little oh, more so rigid. See. Yep. Yep. So, guess what we get to fondle? You get to fondle. You get to shake up I'm... the sack. It's time for Shake the Sack. Shake the Sack. Shake the Sack. That's another theme song i got to work on. See, now, you don't, you don't use those clips of you saying stuff like that. Uh, shake the time Sack? To, yeah, or fondle the sack. None of that ever gets played. I can't say anything on this show. Oh, no- now, you, now you're going to use that against me. <laughs> I say what you said, and then you're going to play me saying it probably. That's I can't right. say anything on this I'm show. I'm going to put it, I'm going to get it ready, shake the sack. You know, if you call out a thing you want me to have a thing for, I'll be, I'll do that, of course. It's a partnership here, Dan. It's a partnership. I may not play it, but I'll have it available. Yeah. So... All right, let me let me get our, our patron list. You have your dice ready, correct? Yeah, I do. I had to, I don't know, the cats got at them again, but yeah. So it's, oh, it's the, uh, So I have no. to use a little, using a little green guy. And when you say the cats got at them, what does that mean? Not that. <laughs> they played with the dice. Oh. They didn't use it as a cat box. Okay, that's, because you know that was one of our most important, uh, active Twitters we ever had when I queried the Twitter land saying, "Does P- do you wash your dice?" That was right. That was right. The, that was one of the that is the formula for Twitter: inane, off the wall questions. Some people felt it was none of your business. Well, I loved it. That was great. That's what made it more intrusive. I'm like, and and Victor so is building the, the the dice washer machine. He's got he's got CAD drawing. So, all right, tell me when yeah. to stop here, please. Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, a yellow. So that means a. I need a D6. Okay. I'm rolling a D6. I have a D6, and it appears clean. I've rolled a 6. Congrats. All right. Excellent. So Adrian Sanchez, one of our dear friends, he has won this adventure. Yay. Congratulations. So, uh, Adrian, if you're listening, I mean, I'll reach out to you as well. If you're listening, please go to Patreon and put your address in, and you, sir, will be winning. I will be sending you the Sanguine Labyrinth. So let me write that down so I don't forget. People, you know, if not to say people are smart. If they knew me, they would send a note to me saying, hey, I won. Can you uh, send me my gift? And I would send it to them because I... I'm like oh. you, Dan. I forget who wins and who doesn't win. So uh, they should just just send random notes to me saying, hey, I haven't received my gift. Right. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, let me send it. So. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm horrible. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to this little You're a very bad enterprise. man. No, there's just a lot going on to this uh, enterprise. All right. Go in nice. now. <laughs> that, yeah. so, I've, so I've heard. So I've heard. All right, sir. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be done in a few hours. That's right. Well, you know, when you're the talent, that's what you can do. So, <laughs> yes, the sack does not lie. Absolutely. The sack doesn't lie. Oh, no. Uh, okay. So next is uh, if, if you want your wonderful language and text and thoughts announced live on the show, do an iTunes review. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Go out. Even if you don't use iTunes, if, tell us what you think about the show, good, bad. We, I will re- read it verbatim as long as it's not illegal for me to do so. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? So yeah. I guess sedition would be a problem, I think, right? Is that free speech? If, if it was, well, I think if you were encouraging it, you might have a problem. Right. Right. I mean, if somebody sent in how to make a bomb, we may not want to. Right. Be that. Like under the guise of a review. Here's my review. Okay. What you need to do is take, you know, get this and yeah. Wouldn't do read that. Um threatening others, I think is is yeah, a no no. Here's, here's my review. I want to kill James and Dan. Is that what you're <laughs> That's right. I want others to kill James and Dan. Yes. Go to their houses, kill them, kill them all. <laughs> kill their families, kill their cats, kill their dogs, yeah. kill their fish, kill them all. Just make it stop. <laughs> Make sure it never comes back. Right. So, uh, and so I will have to review this with our legal department. And if they are okay with it, I will read it verbatim. Good, bad, indifferent, funny, not funny. So go out to iTunes, put an iTunes review. Uh, We would appreciate that. And the last thing, uh, we're going to have the pleasure of having our, our dear friend, Rob, Rob, Rob Cask. Can we just call him Rob Cask at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, who will be on to review our, our, his latest uh, opus, and we're very proud of, uh, Flipping and Turning 3. That'll be coming on soon. If you want to contribute to Flipping and Turning, go out to uh, your email, figure out what you want to say, and r- send it to editor at grogcon.com. That is editor at grogcon.com. All right, last thing. Uh, hopefully next Saturday, we're supposed to have uh, episode two of our patron-exclusive Grog Talk Adventures. That'll be this Saturday from 7 to 10. I, we, still have slots available. So if you are interested and you are a patron, send, me, uh, send us a message at our patron. And first come, first serve. So uh, a lot of people are not checking their patron. Either that or my messages aren't getting to people because, uh, or they just don't, <laughs> just don't care. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is at what point in time do we extend it to non-patrons who are interested or patrons who are uninterested? And at what point in time do we extend it to non-patrons who are also uninterested? Or to the homeless. Or to those right. who don't that's have a computer. Where, that's pretty much where I was going with this, yeah. Well, that's very biblical. You know, instead of helping those who know us, just open the doors and let anyone. Just We'll just, now that we've been, you mm-hmm. know, vaccinated, I've got, we both have the blood clot generating uh, shot, you know, that's. Oh, don't even, t- oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Coursing yeah. through our veins. Uh, yes, I have a family member that this is day seven of the J&J. So, yes, we are we are very familiar with this situation. So, you know, it's uh, – uh, so I, I assume that's what you've been working on is litigation for that. Yes, exactly. I've, I've, the complaint is already drafted. <laughs> Can I do an amicus brief? I don't know what an amicus brief is, but I would love to do one. That was a that was a question on the Jeopardy. <laughs> I would like, I, 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 would like yeah. to, I would like to do that on behalf of whoever the, the person is. Anyway, my point is, um, if you uh, want to play, uh, let us know on Patreon. That would be very helpful. So, with that said, we are now ready for the best of April, nineteen eighty one. Actually, the second part of April, nineteen eighty one. Yes, indeed. So not a ton happening, um, you know, much of it depressing. So, James, uh, the first case, Thursday, April 9th, 1981, the first case of the following disease was diagnosed by Dr. John Gullett in San Francisco. Well, I, I, there's half of me wants to make a joke, but it's, that's terribly inappropriate. No, so I'm going to say, yeah. and I, I would say it's HIV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yep, yep. 1981, April 1981. Yeah, first case of AIDS. So that's obviously depressing. Wow, this is uh, this is this. I, I don't even have a, a thing for sad. Uh, a talk downer. Well, yeah. James. Well, James, you take the good with the bad here. Okay. Uh, uh, on April 12th, the space shuttle what? This has turned into basically a trivia session <laughs> segment. The the space shuttle named what is launched from Cape Canaveral. Uh, Discovery? Columbia. Columbia. Mm. Columbia. Columbia. It safely returns on the 14th, despite the loss of some heat-shielding tiles from its body. So was that the one that was kind of nerve-wracking that they knew they had come off? Did they see, you know, was, wasn't there one where they saw that it had come yeah, off? pieces were flying off already, and they weren't. Oh, oh was that, well, that maybe was that, that wasn't, the, was that the disaster? But I can't remember, so. Well, there uh, was one where it went up, and as it was, I think when the, Whatever those things were, the the fuel rockets were launching off. It pulled off a couple or part of the a piece of ice because you know this stuff is liquid gas. Yeah. And it, a piece of ice fell off and hit the tile and took the tile off. I don't know. Yeah, there was. I remember something. They seemed very nervous about it. Okay, this is interesting. I did not know about this. Wednesday, April fifteenth, nineteen eighty one. Washington Post reporter Janet Cook admits her Pulitzer Prize winning article on an eight year old heroin addict is a fabrication. She becomes the only winner. Yeah, she returns the prize. And this one is for all of our friends. You know, we have a big, we have a big Canadian following. We do. Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau rejects plans to turn the country into a loose federation, uh, a loose confederation of states. So there was, they were gonna, they were gonna go sort of the way our southern states tried to go. I guess, obviously, well, I assume without. Uh, That's the without whole Quebec thing, I, I think, right? Uh, well, well that, that's always and that's all. Quebec's always happening. That's all, that, that? you know. This is this is. The, we need a segment called "What Americans Think of the World" because you know Dan and I are the representative Americans who really don't have a clear understanding of what's going on outside our own houses, let alone in the world thing. So yes, our understanding is the French Canadians. They barely don't want to be Canadians. They'd rather just be French. Is my so understanding. We've, so we've heard and. And tonight, tonight at 8 p.m., James, 40 years ago, tonight, 8 p.m., mm-hmm. 8 is enough. 8 is enough. A great show. A great show. 
And he just recently died, Dick Van Patten. He, you know, it's interesting about those 70s people. The, the, the parents always look so old. Like, they look like they were in their 50s or 60s, but they were in their 30s and 40s. So yes. they're still, they were, they're, a lot of them are still alive. You think they've got to be dead. James, James, we would be the grandfathers on these shows. Right. These sitcoms, you know? They we're, just look so old and haggard. I mean, he looked like he was in 55. So, I mean, he, I'm sure he died in his late 80s, but yeah. you thought you didn't think he'd be alive at this point, but he, was, he just died, I think, maybe a year or two ago. James, little known fact. The cast of the Golden Girls, they were in their 40s. <laughs> That's great to see. That's why they're still, oh, Betty White, she's still going. I mean, she's. That's uh, incredible. Yes, that's incredible. And, and unfortunately, I hate to tell you that Blondie's Rapture has fallen from number one. Oh, I could have had Holland, that ready to go. A Holland Oates song has hit number one. Private Eyes? No, though that is a, that's a good Man one. Man Eater? No. <laughs> How many Hollow Notes hits do I got? Let's see. Uh, uh, you rich girl? No. Wow, but you you do know a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> you wait, wait. You so, so you sad. claim to be? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Me- you claim to be into metal. You seem to know a lot about Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes is metal. Well, Hollow Notes is metal. Oh, he died in 2015. Oh, 2015, 2021. What's the difference? Same year. <laughs> For us, at it's this all the point. Same. So, so even in two fifty, even in twenty fifteen, he was still alive. Uh, kiss is on my lips. Oh, because your kiss is on lips. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have remembered that one. That's, That's all I've got. So it didn't seem like a very exciting week. There you get you get you get all booze. Yeah. The crowd was not the crowd was entertained. entertained. So, all right. Well, uh, we are now on to uh, sage advice. Okay. Which uh, is, is to, as he, as Dan gets ready. Now, here's the thing. I think people should be able to see this while we play along. So I'm going to set it up and I'm trying, I'm going to try not to read it, if that makes any sense at all. Are you okay with that? I am okay with that. So yeah, so this is our segment where we read the sage advice questions from Dragon Magazine 40 years ago. So we'll be reading the sage advice questions from the April 1981 issue of Dragon Magazine. James and I are alternating, asking the questions and answering them, and it is my turn to ask the questions, and we see if James is sagacious. That's a great word. It's like that because we didn't know what it meant, remember? That's right. Multiple times. I'm putting it up there, and now I'm not looking, so I'm looking at you. This is the segment where you, too, get to see if you have what it takes to be a sage. That's right. Sorry. All right. Oh, I still don't have my winner bell. I just have the cash ring. That's good enough. Are, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm really not ready, but I'm, I'm, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. Is so. your family here with you in the audience? Uh... No, yes, my wife, my wife, uh, Betty. I thought your wife's name is Sabrina. Oh, well, yeah. Oops, Oops. you're here with someone, you're here with Betty. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right. Um, It is the 80s. Okay, question number one. Dear Mr. Sage, once a character drops a class to switch to another class, can he or she ever gain levels in his or her former class? Okay, that's a great question. 
I thought they explained that in the player's handbook, but uh, now who is James, James? You wouldn't. I don't think you're. You wouldn't be wrong. Wait, what makes you think that the fact that it's explained in the player's handbook means people are not writing in for these questions? What have we learned about sage advice? Yeah, that's true. Um, and who is? I just need to know who is answering the questions. This is this one is per curium, meaning there it's unsigned. There is only one that's signed. Ooh, per curium, that is a great word too. Okay. There's only one that is signed, and it is by Jim Ward and Will Niebling. But I appreciate James. Wow, you're serious. You want to know who's answering the questions to get a sense of how they would be responding. You're not getting right. around. Right. Well, I'm going to say this with the most highest due respect to Gene Wells, but if it's Jim and Will, they either are very affirmative and pretty down the middle. Jean's a wild card. She could go anywhere. She could go from totally making stuff up to <laughs> doing it to, to being brow to, to, to expressing her frustration with not being, uh, you know, basically being talked down to. So uh, I, that's why I was trying to understand. Got to know who's the ref. Got to know. Okay. okay. I understand. So the answer is... Uh, that I would say is no, you cannot gain experience. Once you have left that class, you are done. You can- James, you are absolutely correct. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're you're opening a cash register. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making money. I get a class. Like, are you are you are you working the Circle K while you're you know, you're? <laughs> there you go. This, this, the sage is a clerk at Circle K. <laughs> Okay. I'll no. You, I'll give you that. No. According to page 33 of the player's handbook, quote, no progression in the original class is possible after a character decides to switch to a different profession. No. Now, this is the only place you screw you, No, there's not a screw up at all. You did great. But I, I'm sensing your style is a little different because sometimes what you want to do is to, like, extend the column because, you know, I assume that Jake Chiquette's going to come to you and say, you need to, we need more. So you need to also talk about analogous situations, which seem similar but are different. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm busy reading. We've got Shannon out there, our dear friend, who's, who's obviously either hitting Wikipedia about uh, per curiam. That means by the court as a whole. Right. So, yeah. So, and, it's a, and, and he's just continuing to go on. The decision is published as a decision of the court with authorship of the decision not indicated. Mm, thank you. Okay. Yeah. So we've got. Uh, yeah. He's our, our law clerk. <laughs> That's right. We got. We got people clerking out here. <laughs> That's what we need. A grog talk clerk. A grog talk clerk. Someone could clerk for us. Yes. Like an internship thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just do a lot of work for us. Yeah, because the production goblin. Production goblin. Well, that's what happens. Family business is bad business. But that's what we'll call it: the production goblin internship program. Don't you think? Maybe they could report to Nico. Oh God! Since, since no. he's not working for us anymore. Oh, good <laughs> okay, resume builder. Note that this is different from a multi-classed character who holds two or more professions simultaneously and gains experience in more than one class at the same time. Also, note that only human characters can quote drop a class and take up a new one. See, what I like about this answer mm-hmm. is they're like, look, if this person's writing in with a question that's in the player's handbook, they obviously don't have it or aren't reading it, so we better let them know some other useful information right. so we don't get this question next time. Okay, are you ready for question number two, sir? Yes. Question. First, <laughs> you gotta love that. Is there a second? First, I don't see a second. 
Can clerics or paladins cure themselves by a cure light wound spell or by laying hands on themselves? Oh, here's second. Second, James, this will be a two-part question. Okay. Please don't answer until both questions have been asked. Second, you're taking notes. <laughs> you have to. It's a lot. That's right. No wonder people. It's a lot. <laughs> two questions. Second, do you remember our back to school where he's taking the final exam? Like there'll be just one question in twenty-three parts. That's right. Twenty-three parts. Second. Do clerics or magic users get experience points for casting spells? I like the fact that this guy is or his kid is is you know if you're going to write in, you might as well like load it up with all your right. questions. Right, okay. I have one question of 32 parts. Yes. Oh, I'm going to do that to the uh, gibbering mouther. Yes, exactly. One that... question with 23 parts. <laughs> That's good. Okay. All, all right. right. So number one, can part clerics one or... is yes. Oh, okay. That's all right. You're mo- all right. Moving on. Part one is uh, yes. Part two okay. is you don't get experience directly from casting spells, but because you're doing your job as opposed to doing things that are really questionable in your class, you will be rated highly sh- during your 360 evaluation, or actually not 360 evaluation, your pre-level uh, evaluation meeting with the dungeon master. Very, very good job. Now, I think that you're going to be a little surprised by the answer. You are, you are basically right on the money, right? Uh, but it, it's a little, the cure light one is a little interesting. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. As stated in the description of the Paladin character class, Player's Handbook, page 22. Again, can you buy a Player's Handbook? Or can you have your mom buy it for you? The Paladin can lay hands on his or her own person or any other character creature. So, perfect. Yep. No, no question there. Second, however, the rules of the AD&D game do not specify whether or not the Cure Light Wound spell can be used on the body of the caster. However, the recently revised and expanded rulebook for the Dungeons & Dragons game does specify the Cure Light Wounds, quote, may be cast on the cleric's own body. D&D Basic Rulebook, 1980 edition, page B15. Bingo. Wait, but wait, yes. But, James, this does not mean that the AD&D version of the spell must be handled. This, is, this answer takes twists and turns, doesn't it? This yeah. is a roller coaster. This does not mean that the AD&D version of the spell must be handled in the same manner because there is no direct relationship between the rules for the D&D basic game and the AD&D game. Ultimately, I like how they put a registered trademark next to Dungeons & Dragons in their own magazine. You know, it's your magazine. We know it's yours. I think you should do that. Whatever. Okay, so that... <laughs> I can't... I, you know, so now, of course, I'm totally lost. Okay, here, ready for this? So this does not mean that the AD&D version of the spell must be handled in the same manner because there's no direct relationship uh, between the game. Ultimately, the decision is up to the AD&D Dungeon Master. It would certainly be logical and reasonable to allow the cure spells to heal the spellcaster if the DM wished to allow such activity. So basically, can you imagine saying no? Now you're the DM. Can I cure like with No. It's right. an, it doesn't say it. Yeah, that, so, would, that would be, you'd get a big... Yeah, okay. And, and I don't know why he went through all, they went through all that. Again, that must have been a Jake Jaquette. That would be my filler. answer. Right. I would write, so yours was yes, this would be mine. Right. 
It had references. It had mm -hmm. cross-promotion. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, that's why you're a corporate man. Uh, if you look at page 43 of the Player's Handbook, it says character touched, area of effect. I mean, if you want to be literal, then it My could only be characters that could be affected by it. Does the characters in does the glossary have a def? I mean, I'll, I'll look up character in the DMG. Right. So you can't help. You can't. So I mean, it does imply like monsters. You couldn't heal them, but you. Which there's something to be said about that. But clearly, ranges touch. Area effect is character touch upon laying his or her hand upon a creature. The character is definitely a creature. Yeah. Uh, so there, it allows for creatures. So the cleric cause, causes from one to eight hit points of wound or other damage to be, creatures to be healed. So I would tend to agree with you, James. I, I think yes. I actually, you know, I got to tell you, I actually like your answer better. You're you're longer. You you should do the longer explanation more. Why stop, James? I like your longer explanation better. Thank you. Thank you. I you're appreciate welcome. that. Okay. So you did. So you did. No wonder no one signed that. Okay. On. To, let's see how you did a number two though, Mister. Sagacity. Yes. I okay. Second, there is no provision in the AD&D rules for awarding experience points for the simple casting of spells. There are, however, many unspecified factors which the DM may take into consideration when determining how many points a character has gained. In a particular campaign, it might be quite appropriate for the DM to award experience points for the successful casting of any spell or of certain spells. For instance, just getting off a spell in the manner it was intended might be a noteworthy accomplishment against an opponent with a high degree of magic resistance, and such an accomplishment might indeed be deserving of an experience point bonus. As with so many other questions, the answer lies in the preference of the DM and the conditions presented in his or her campaign. Now, I, would, I need to grab, sorry, I need to go grab, I'm going to grab my reference sheet, because James, I liked your answer better here as well your answer clearly lines up with the rules which allows for different levels right one through four right. so that would right this answer is actually suggesting awarding experience points so um i would like to i'm gonna can you tell another joke i'll be right back because i've got this sheet you know and i talk about experience points do we know what are the rules on awarding discretionary experience beyond killing creatures and getting gold before you leave can you yeah. briefly explain between the time we we have the show to the yeah. next time? Mm -hmm. Do you take every item that you use and scatter it throughout the house? Yeah, no, yeah, James, this is an excellent question, and and I understand why this would create confusion. So what happens is there's this bed, and all my stuff is on the bed. Well, it really shouldn't just sit on the bed. So what I do is I take it from the bed and I put it actually on the floor behind the bed. So if anyone, not that anyone ever comes here, if you looked in the room, oh, it would look we've, We have made a standing offer. Anyone coming from Asia, if, you yeah. are, if you're coming yeah. to Grog Talk from Asia, uh, you, uh, Dan is going to let you stay at that, at that bed right there. Right, right. right. It's, it's it, like a pilgrimage at that point. Yes. It, it, yeah, this is, it's 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 like it's like the you know, a mini grog talk studio basically at this point, right? It's like a shrine, right? Yeah, right. A it's a pilgrimage. Don't tell your your wife or your husband or whoever your spouse is that you're flying halfway around the world to go to come to some silly convention. You're going on a pilgrimage. You're going yes. to see. 
And you can come here and you can say, oh, my gosh, is that the dice tray that has the cat feces in it? <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. This is incredible. So there so, you go. I think that's exactly right. So, well, what's the rule on experience? Look, well, we can flip and turn. We well, can do that too. We can flip and turn. Well, yes, it's very clear. Uh, what's clear? All right, you look it up. I'll be right back. I'll, okay, I'll, go ahead, look it up. I collected. I did all the work. No, go ahead. You did. You've done a lot of work. All right. So Dan is gone yet again. We are looking up how experience is calculated. The options that the dungeon masters has, and I'm not sure what he has figured out. But if you go to page. 85, or actually 84, the DMG, under experience. See, that wasn't that bad. Okay. The, the, the part that uh, the, the DM does have discretion on the bottom of page 84 is tricking or outwitting monsters or overcoming tricks or traps placed in guard to guard treasure must be determined subjectively with the level experience balance against the degree of difficulty assigned to the gaming of the treasure. Oh, yeah, I see. Page 84, yes, for tricking. So that's tricking our winning monster or overcoming tricks and traps. Well, that's not casting a spell. Right. It's not casting a spell. Are there any rules? Is there anywhere? I don't think there's anywhere, is there? The only, well, the, it talks specifically about, typically it's gold pieces provides experience points. And then you can adjust the multiple for oh. that. Typically it's one-to-one, -one, but it may not be one-to-one. -one. But technically, okay, so yeah, so Player's Handbook, page 106, also says, which I don't think this was overruled, and it's also stated on the AD&D player character record sheets, a rarely used source for information, which I know is not canon. Three things, treasure gained or taken. Two, opponents captured or slain. Three, solving or overcoming problems through professional means, as you pointed out, including traps debated, skills used successfully. Do not, for, and I, uh, so I don't know. I don't see it. I, I like your answer better. Right? I like right. your answer better. It's not in any of those three categories. And so I think that um, I'm, I'm with you, how well you played your character. I don't know. I like your answer. I don't. All right. What would be your ruling then? Is it only those three? Or And look, I don't mean I'm talking about if you're assuming you're playing by the book. I don't mean, hey, the DM can do anything they want. I get that. But if I want to play by the book. Because that's what sage advice generally should be. Sage advice shouldn't be you can do anything you want. Then right. why is it sage advice, right? Sage advice should be, look, if you want to know what the baseline rule is, here's what it is. What would you say? Can you buy you your answer? Yes, buy the book. Yes. The only you have you do have an option because they show uh, exceptions, an example on page eighty-five. A party of twelve characters encounters monsters which again i love that back in the old day you'd have 12 characters npcs and i'm sorry henchmen and yes characters and hirelings in the ensuing battle all characters fight two are slain look at that in one battle two are dead and the xp for monsters killed total 4300 each character gets 40 430 adjusted for difficulty and for being actual player characters or have for henchmen characters so that adjusted for difficulty is the latitude that you have if you wanted to add Oh, yeah, but that's not real. I agree with that, but that's not really spellcasting. No, spellcasting would not be. Clearly, right. it's not there. I'm right. saying if you wanted to have some discretion, because some people read it just as you get, you get experience for gold and you can, you can manipulate that, you get experience for monsters. That's it. If you outsmart the dungeon, let's say, you know, like uh, in Gnome Skull, where they go through the back door and they get all their money, they still got gold piece per XP. 
we could have said, well, you cheated or you, you know, which they did not. But if let's say for whatever reason, you didn't think it was fair, you could have reduced their XP count. Yeah, or you could have increased it. <laughs> if you or you could have doubled it because it was awesome, right? They, right. They, it's, it's solving or overcoming a problem through professional means. I agree. So okay. that's the discretion. I, I think spell cat. That would be like every time you hit, you get experience points. That's not D, right. that's not AD and D. No, no, I agree. Okay. Next question: Should a neutral good bard be allowed to backstab? Should oh, of course. It's it's a it's just like neutral good thieves should be able to backstab. So yes, the answer is yes. James, you are on fire. The answer is yes. James, still, still working, still working the circle K. Since, <laughs> since, since, <laughs> since, since bars have previously acquired thieving experience, they receive benefits on attacking from the rear just as thieves do. A neutral good character would be allowed to backstab under the conditions described above for a chaotic good character any time the attack is made against a known enemy and not a helpless or homeless victim. James, do you see what happened? Did you hear that last sentence? Homeless? Oh, that's terrible. As, as, as described above. Where was it described above? Wasn't that in the last Dragon magazine? Somebody asked if a... Neutral, if, if a non-thief good character could backstab? Yes, I think something like that, yeah. So I think they split. They the split this. Yes. Ooh. I, right, okay. Can we call Jake Jaquette and find out? That's, that's the question you have to have. Do you remember making that mistake in Dragon, whatever this is, 40-something, 60-something? Yeah. We should have a segment, ask, ask the old guard about the uh, like typos and mistakes. That would be a fun segment, wouldn't it? Yes, that would be. I'm sure. I'm sure we get a lot. As you can tell, it's really hard. Everyone just wants to fall over and get on our show. They'd they'd love that part. They really love when we go and ask them about their mistakes. I'm sure right. they go over well. Right. So, uh, okay. I love the following question. I I would have written this. Ready? In the ninth level magic user spell, power word kill. The spell description states, the power word will destroy a creature with up to sixty hit points. Or it will kill two or more creatures with ten or fewer hit points. James, can you already get a sense of where this where this question is going? You can okay. How should the word quote destroy <laughs> be? A, this is my kind of question. I like this guy. How should the word destroy be interpreted? This is like twelve year old Dan Garmansky as as quote blown out of existence or quote merely killed. <laughs> yes, I will say. Uh, I'm hoping they will say it's just dead. They that's that's what you get. They're dead. They so stop. This, they stop living. So this remind. So is the question like basically is the victim like the mosquito? You know those rackets. I've right. got one. I love it. They would just obliterate the uh, the mosquito. So are you obliterated? Answer. Only one way to answer this question is to refer to the description of the sixth level magic user spell, death spell. That spell's description states that affected creatures are slain, quote, instantly and irrevocably, close quote, which means without possibility of resurrection. Since power word kill is a more powerful spell than death spell, it is reasonable to assume that victims of that spell are also not able to be resurrected. Wow. So, I didn't, see, that's interesting. 
I never would have got that out of that, but let's go. Now I need to look at that. Go. Okay. And one, one last sentence. Whether or not they are literally, quote, blown out of existence, <laughs> close quote, depends on the nature of the creature destroyed. I guess is a, is a giant mosquito. But at any event, victims are not, quote, merely killed. So they are not. So destroyed is given. So I guess I guess is you, you, you missed the last question. There's no right answer. It's just they're they're what they think is reasonable. So apparently they think destroyed is something different than kill. Destroyed means you can't be resurrected, if I'm understanding this correctly. Well, yeah. Well, and this, I mean, it is, is that the grog line? Yeah, Rob Ritchie is standing by. Actually, is grog line. There you go. Yeah. I, see, I, saw his, I saw his thing. He's ready to come on. So we'll... He's, he's trying to save it. He sees what's happening. Yeah, well, we're, we're only, we're, we're, at this rate, we'll be get to him about uh, 3.30 at this point, I think. But we'll go back to sleep. No, we will bring him on after this is over, which seems to be taking a while. Is well, first of all, we need to go to the DMG. Is there anything on the the cold water DMG thing? We talked, didn't we talk about destroyed? Didn't in a very early episode mm -hmm. there was just something about someone is destroyed, and we just I thought that was so funny. I don't know if we thought it was funny. Well, it is funny. The word destroy, because I would think to me destroy destroy does mean. I think, you know, you're just, it's, it's like the racket, the electric racket with the mosquito. I think you're just pieces. Well, but then this I'm, makes this death spell, I mean, it's a powerful spell. It makes it ridiculously powerful because it says irrevocably. I, I assumed irrevocably meant that, for instance, you cast death spell and then someone casts dispel magic after it, mm -hmm. that the dispel magic would not reverse the, the the death spell, you're still dead. That's what I right. thought it meant by irrevocably. Okay. Not that it is, you cannot cast any other magic to resurrect people. That seems way over the 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 amount. Well, what's interesting is it's trying to be divided. It seems to me that Gary is dividing this up between. Is it really the intent here to have different effects? Because one is it will it will destroy a creature with up to 60 hit points, or it's like an option, or you can kill two or more with 10 or fewer. So it sounds to me like it, it's just dividing it up between, well, do you want the one, or do you want it with fewer hit points go for the two? And I wonder if Gary was just simply didn't want to use the same word twice, right? Do you know what I'm saying? That so, because wouldn't it be weird that you could obliterate somebody with sixty? So you could just kill two with ten, but I can blow up one with six. Maybe because I concentrate all of the stuff on. I guess if I concentrate it on I mean, one uh, person. Yeah. Unfortunately, I take this as using using biblical text. Forgiving people seven times seventy. That doesn't mean after the four hundred and ninetieth time I don't have to forgive someone. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was the intent of the author. I think the intent of the author was to make this sound super cool. Yeah, destroy. So using the word destroy just to mean, yeah, because I agree. I got to tell you, I think I would view destroy as you're like blown to bits before I think destroy somehow means you can't be resurrected. That's wow. Yeah, I mean, you can make it dramatic that it's like, and they just they right. blow up and you can't <laughs> raise them. But if resurrection says, you know, as long as you have, it basically, it comes, you, you need anything, it'll come back. The, 
Just like the reverse destruction causes the victim to be instantly dead and turned to dust. And, you know, you, then you can argue, uh, is dust sufficient enough to bring someone back? Well, is, is, is death, is power word kill, does it look like it's simply meant to be a more powerful death spell? Well, it's definitely more powerful because uh, it's regardless of hit dice. So you could be 20 hit dice creature. If you're under 60 hit points, you're dead if you don't have magic resistance. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. You're destroyed. That's right. Not give get, me, give me a character destroyed. sheet <laughs> into the fire. That's right. right. Or right. you could hit it. You could hit it uh, symbolically with the swatter. Right. Just or, put it up on the wall and and hit or it. Or you could take it. Uh, take a restroom break. I'll be. Give me that character sheet. I'll be back. Where's the? You come back five minutes later. Where's the character sheet? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That thing's done. So, what are we going to do here? I'm really. We were so close to finishing up this segment, and then this happened. Well, we're done. We're done with well, that. wait, what's the answer? So, What's the answer so, is it's DM discretion. You've heard it every other time they said. I don't, I don't agree that you cannot be resurrected. If, uh, if, now, if they're saying destroyed means literally you're obliterated and, you, and there's <laughs> nothing left of you, then yes, you could not be resurrected because it implies, resurrection implies that you have some part of the body left to raise. So you would have to say they get zapped out of existence. And then, no, short of a wish, you would not be able to bring him back. There's nothing, and there's nothing in the DMG. There's, I didn't see anything in the DMG, but I, could, I didn't look under Power Word Kill, to be perfectly honest. Boy, it's a short one, Power Word Kill. When, the wor- when a Power Word Kill is uttered, one or more creatures in a spell ranger effect will be slain. So it also leaves out that, too. It just says, the first sentence says, we'll be slain. The power word will destroy a creature without... You could argue that destroy is really just being used there as slain. Where, it already where says are you slain. looking at? I'm at I'm at power word kill spell, page 93, player's handbook. Oh, player's handbook. Okay, oh, sorry, sorry, no, I was going to play. I had to start with that, because I don't even know the spell. Uh yeah, the option of a sing- the option to attack a single creature must be stated. Okay. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I think destroyed means just kill. I don't think right. it means obliterate. I don't feel like I've got enough evidence that that would be significant enough that you think that it would have been stated more precisely. Right. Because well, some people are talking about disintegrate. Well, here is my counter argument to why it should not be disintegrate and death spell combined. Because now you're basically taking. Death spell, which again, this is why I, w- I did not equate irrevocable to mean you could never undo it. It was irrevocable from the fact dispelling the magic would not bring oh. them back to life. Because that doesn't make any sense. That Oh, but it looks to me, I okay, what, what level is death spell? Death spell is sixth level. Okay, I got to tell you though, it seems to me irrevocable means you can't be resurrected ever. Yeah. That's the way I would... Now, I would, that would be now that becomes the most powerful spell ever. What if I'm the bad, bad, if I'm the big bad guy and there's a bunch of jabronis, I'm just death spelling them. 
Why is de why is power word kill better than because there's death no spell. hit dice limit and death spell you have to the creatures have to be x hit dice so oh I see there's a little chart there I thought it was a different spell I see there's different my spell slays creatures in the air instantly that's interesting it doesn't say you're killed instantly under power word kill when are you killed it's implied but yes okay well so so sage advice. All right, so Sage Advice has said, I guess I would follow Sage Advice here because I don't, I don't have strong thoughts one way or another. So, okay, so the question is, is Power Word Kill irrevocable? And I'm sorry, what's your, what, have you reached a conclusion on that? Oh, wait, you don't even like the irrevocable on, on Resurrection on. Well, I've wait. always interpreted, well, okay. it says duration instantaneous, so I assume, what is the, what's the duration on Power Word Kill? The duration is permanent. So... That's different oh. than instantaneous. What? So there's yeah, the other thing. Does, so that's why I think irrevocable is there. It's to, to say oh. that it's permanent. You're permanently killed. You're permanently killed because you're dead. There is no, it doesn't, your death doesn't, it's not sleep spell. It's death. You're dead. But I think you're dead. You're dead. I, so we're going to we're gonna have to disagree on this. I, I would, I'm going with. You can never be resurrected. Look, big deal. Come on, elves can't be resurrected. Half orcs can't. It's not that big a deal. Is well, it? but but that a, a six-level magic user spell shouldn't be more powerful than a seventh-level cleric spell. That's my take on it. Oh, number one. What, what what's the seventh-level cleric spell? Resurrection. Well, hmm. I just think it meant dead. They're dead, so you can't cast a spell magic or anti-magic spell shell or something else that says they're dead because the spell is on it. No, it's they're dead. That's just the thing. But, okay, that's fine. Okay. But the other thing was disintegrate. Now, disintegrate, you're dead because your, your body was disintegrated. And if power and kill worked that way, then there would be death spell added with disintegrate. That's like a 12th level spell. There are no 12th level spells, so I reject that as well. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I I wish you like splattered because that would be cool. But I agree with you. So the resurrection, the cleric employing this spell is able to restore life and complete strength. Now I did it. You no, did it. Oh God! <laughs> strength to the person here. She, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Hey, look at this. There's destroyed is in here at the end. Employment of this spell makes it impossible for the cleric to cast further spells or engage in combat. And so here she has had one day of rest for each of experience of the person brought back to life or destroyed. What is going on? Destroyed appears in that one, well, too. Well, there, destroyed says when it's destroyed, you, you're making that person dust. They go, and they become wow. a thing of dust under destruction. Because Where do you get that from? It's the reverse of resurrection. Look Wait. At, there's a reverse what? of resurrection. Oh, it is reversible. Yes. Right, okay. right now, there are about how many people? Fifteen people screaming at their screens at you, Dan. Going. Move on. No. Read. The, re <laughs> the reverse destruction causes the victim. It's, so now the question becomes: Does destroy mean turn to dust? So there is evidence that destroy means. So the resurrection spell is support for the use of the word destroy, meaning turn to dust. Right. Wow. So, okay. okay, if you turn to dust, that's fine. It, it, it implies, it doesn't say there, there everything, everything else, the history is, if you cast light and you cast darkness, they cancel each other out. 
or you revert back to the state that you were at. So if you pass destruction, as long as you have dust, I would say you could do resurrection. That's my take on it. Well, but, is that well? Is resurrection discussed? I surely resurrection is discussed in the DMG. No, I'm sure it? it wasn't discussed. Okay. I'm sure it's the, I'm sure it's silent because this is fun. <laughs> well, what's interesting is why don't they just go ask Gary? I never understand these sage advice answers where they're they don't know the answer. Sir, and they don't ask. Is Gary just out of town? And you they don't know tire? the you know the answer to this. It's part of the career development. You yeah. need as part of their performance goals. Right. Right. You, you need Figure to do X. You need to do X sage advice without contacting Gary. Right. I can't hold your hand. Right. Resurrection and aging. Spells of resurrection. Fifteen fifty three. What's that all about? Well, there's aging. You get aged if you cast resurrection, which again we've talked about potential system shock because you're aging. Right. People don't like. They really hate that. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm. Now I don't know what to think. Now, now, I, now, now. I think there is no answer. And now it really is. I got to tell you. Now I'm tempted to say, destroy means destruction for the cleric spell in your dust. That's fine. Okay. Because then you can still, in my opinion, you can raise them. Oh, oh resurrection another. says you don't need. That's right. Resurrection, you don't need any part of the body because you can go back and bring someone back. It's basically, uh, where, well, that's what Rob is saying, and that's what I remember. I don't. Where's I, Where's that come from, though? Uh, you know, I don't remember. The cleric, the cleric, and pulling, turning. The cleric. So area effect is person touch. So you need a person. <laughs> so you need a person. So the, you're just doing random ones, that throwing them in there. The cleric employing this spell is able to restore life in complete strength to the person he or she bestows the resurrection upon. The person can have been dead up to 10 years, can have parallel, blah, blah, blah. See, raised dead for limitations on, on, on what persons can be raised. The verse destruction causes the victim spell to be instantly dead and turned to dust. Destruction requires a touch, either in combat or otherwise. The material components of the spell are cleric's religious symbol and holy water. Or unholy water employment spell makes it impossible to cast further spells or engage in common tissue as one day. Okay, I'm not seeing it in resurrection. Is it in raised dead? And so we think that that's. No, I, raised dead, you definitely have to have the body. And if the body is jacked up, you, it doesn't work. Here, again, if you want to be literal, it says area effect, person touched. Right. Now, clearly, if you're 109 years old, you know, if you've been dead for 150 years, mm. it's going to restore some of the body. So uh, you would think you would need some part of it, but the material components of the spell say the symbol in holy or unholy water. Mm. So, yeah, so, I mean, you're bones at that point, aren't you? Right. If you're 190 years old, you're bones anyway. So it would restore, it's, going to, it's going to bring the body back. What, what age am I? Like, am the, I the age you know, where you were before when you, when you right died. Right when I died? Right. Because mm. you can't be less, you can't be, can't be more than your maximum age or else you'd be dead, dead. Okay. I think what I was thinking of is speak with dead. Where, like, you can have any part of the body, can't you? Yes. Okay. All right. So I don't know what we've decided. I don't know what we've decided. So I've, I've decided that it's this is uh, we've decided we don't play low level camp we don't play high level campaigns and that's how we get around it. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say destroy means destruction. Your dust, but you can be resurrect. 
did. Wait, how much did you say you need to resurrect somebody, do you think? I think you need, it says creature touch. Do you have to have some part of the creature to touch? Any part? Fingernail. I would say yes. Okay. That's back to the troll. If, if a troll can come back to yeah. life with literally one little atom of him or her, okay. why can't that? Is someone else in the grog line? Well, let me see. Maybe. All right. Is there uh, any more questions? No. That is it. No. You have completed your stint as the sage. Very, very well done, sir. I did. And, and that was contentious. And, uh, you know, it's... Here's what I like about it, and it goes back to your attitude as the DM on death. Do you want death to be hard and permanent? Great. Then go with the death spell. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Totally obliterated, and you can only bring him back with a wish. If you want it to be, yeah, it's not so bad, uh, then you could do those other things. Okay, all right. How's that? Fair enough. Yeah, so, so the last question was the toughest. It was, and it was a good one. That was good. So, um, what I think we're going to do is let's do miscellaneous magic, and then we'll bring Rob on for Flipping Turning, and then we'll do Random Encounter and Have You Ever Played a Bard. How's that sound? That sounds great, because I know we've got a very, you've, you've brought up a very controversial proposition for Random Encounters that was probably going to require a lot of discussion. Right, and, and Rob, I think, has a life. He wants to do that, so. He needs to get back to Flipping and Turning. Right. He's, he, he has a lot magazine. going on with the magazine. The Empire, that is the magazine. Okay. I'm ready for some dice rolling. Uh, okay, I'm flipping, I'm turning. Oh, I gotta go far back, don't I? Yeah, I'm still in the hundreds. Okay, sorry. I'm flipping, I'm turning. I really should uh, dog ear this stuff. Okay. Well, at least you have uh, your you DMG like there. People were saying, did he? does he literally have everything he needs now in front of him? That's what they were asking. O only time will tell. Okay, do you want to roll it? Yes, I do. Okay. 42. Rods, staves, and wands, sir. I'm going to... Nice. Do, you know, do you know what letter table that is? No. I have no idea. It is D. Three, we're on 3D on page 122. This is a segment where we randomly roll a magic item and discuss it. Okay. So this should be good because it's a rod, staff, or wand. It's not a plus one dagger. Okay. I need percentile dice, sir. Seven. Seven. Rod of Cancellation. Ooh, this one's a good one. I don't know anything about this. Uh, who can use it, James? Any idea? Anyone. You are absolutely correct. Anyone can use the Rod of Cancellation. So I like to get a... This is interesting. You get 10,000 XP for it, which is definitely on the high side. It's one yes. of the few... But then its gold piece sale value is on the low side. Yeah. It's only 15th. Okay, I don't understand that, but maybe I'll learn. All you're, right. You're going to learn something very interesting about the rod. So what do we know about rod, stabs, and wands? If you listen to Flipping and Turning, not Flipping and Turning, if you listen to our show, I forgot when we did it. It was a while ago. We went over rod, stabs, staves, or stabs, and wands. And what did we learn? They have charges, right? That's what makes their consumable items. They have charges, and if I recall correctly, don't let it go to zero, then it's done. It's so, done. You, right? so uh, wands have the most, typically. They, they can have up to 100. Rods can have up to 50. Staves or staves can have up to 25. There is an exception to that, and this is one of There is exceptions to that, and this is one of them. The rod wait, of cancellation. Now, wait, is it? So I need to know now. You just can't, James, you can't just go forward. You just can't ignore the elephant in the room. 
Is it staves or staves? I've already had this Donna. I thought it was Donna Shalala, but apparently the former politician is Donna Shalali. So what is it? Staves it's, or staves? I say I like staves. I, I like say staves. I, don't say I like staves. staves, but you were saying staves. Well, yeah. because I'm sure someone's going to correct us. Because I'm sure somewhere in the in the empire, someone doesn't like it. Okay. Uh, do you need a? Do you need a, a, the, the word? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to Thank you, sir. Oh. Hold on. Got to. People are being super helpful. Oh, the clerk. Uh, our clerks. Yes. There's people trying to intern. They're like, oh, the sage advice is still on. We're being. We yes. Can't see you. So. We, yes, because it, how you do with things like this will will influence whether we select you for. We have very limited openings for the internship. Right. That's right. And you would have to come down here to Florida to do it. In my room. That's right. You'd be staying. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. The applications are going to flood in. We should post this on Zillow or something. Right. Uh, well, Craigslist or something. <laughs> Craigslist. Okay. Ready for the rod of cancellation? Yes. Oh, I like this. This. Oh, do you need a wand? You need like that. People don't play this a lot, but you need the magic word. Don't you? Oh, need you like the, yeah. You have to have a command word. Typically. Do you need the command word for a staff too? It should, yes. I okay. always play that. Well, um, wait, yes, but we are on a, we are on a rod. Okay. Sorry, I started, I started reading about rods in general. This dreaded rod is a bane to that's, all... That's what they call a lot of people, the dreaded rod. <laughs> Never mind. Yes, the dreaded rod. Um, where are you laying the pipe? <laughs> Not the dreaded rod is a bane to all classes for its touch will drain any item of all magical properties unless a saving throw versus the cancellation is made. This is horrible. So you mean like so he could be walking through. So the mad wizard, Mm -hmm. the wizard in the marketplace could be walking through the marketplace with a rod of cancellation. He's just touching a bunch of magic items. Yes, sort of. Right. This is so Mm person. Oh, you do have to make a hit. Contact is made by scoring a normal to hit score in combat melee. But I can break into your house. So let's say I'm a magic user thief. Right. I break into your house and I just touch a bunch of items because that's it. That's I'm going to hit automatically. So. All right. So saving throw. Oh, this is what the. Oh, so there's an item saving throw Mm -hmm. for the item. Several miscellaneous weapons, several small items, such as magic arrows or bolts, together in one container will be drained simultaneously. Oh, this is horrible. If the score indicator or higher is not rolled, the item is drained. So what they're saying is the dreaded rod will be drained? Oh, no, the item is drained. The item is drained, yep. Right. Upon the item's draining, the rod itself becomes brittle. Oh, and it's no longer potent. Wait, upon the item's draining, the rod itself becomes brittle. And is no longer potent. Drained items. Oh, see, I see what you're saying. You don't have charges with this. I get one use. Exactly. Oh, drained items are not restorable. Oh, even by wish. That's kind of cool. Okay. So, uh, all right. Yeah, that's interesting. So, who do you do? Parties tend to have this and use it, or do DMs use this in an evil way that, uh, uh, you know, the baddie has it? 
What do I do with this? Who? When does it? Have you had erotic cancellation? Then they give them out. I'm not who. I'm. I'm not sure who makes them. Because again, your point is, it's like this single death weapon for magic items. Oh, they so, give them out. You mean it's like a charity function? <laughs> like you know, like they're having a charity function for like one, you know, widows of first level adventurers who died. And it's like okay, and next we'll be bidding on it's erotic si- cancellation. Si- silent auctions for the rod of cancellation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I have used it as the. Uh, kind of the Hail Mary pass to destroy a powerful wizard or whatever. They're like, for instance, not as not like an artifact Lord of the Ring artifact where you have to throw it into Mount Doom, but something underneath it. Like the wizard's got a powerful staff and he's he's going to cast and he can cast fireballs from it. Here's your chance to neuter it before uh, he kills you all. That's the idea. That's interesting. Or you, so, have, or you, or an ancient temple or something that you know, you can't get through the door. This is the way you could get through it. I see. So maybe you you know that's going to happen, and so you've sought out erotic cancellation, or your patron has given you erotic cancellation. Yeah, that would be fun to have an adventure where you've got to use it on an evil artifact like the ring. Yeah. And then at the very end, so it all comes down to you do all this combat, you survive, and it all comes down to whether or not you get a one or a two right. on, on a saving throw roll because Artifact of Relic. Wow, so that's one way. There's a discussion, isn't there, about destroying Artifacts of Relics? But here's another way. I mean, I maybe mentioned there. So, yeah, the Rod of Cancellation will do it. Yes. I like this. If the like DM it. allows that to happen. It doesn't have to necessarily. Just like it says Artifacts on saving throws uh, – for magic items can can will, will need a two to save or something ridiculous like that. But again, if you allow that to happen, let's say there's the ring, right? Why wouldn't I allow that to happen? It says artifact or relic. Well, because typically it says for artifacts to make it a story, you have to go to Mount Doom and throw it into the thing or create 30 rods of cancellations. Beep, didn't work. Beep, didn't work. That's a little anti-dramatic. If, if, You're going if, in there. If Frodo and Samwise are just standing in front of Gandalf and they just keep trying the rods of cancellation that don't work. Because <laughs> remember, it doesn't discharge until it's successful. So you can well, just that's... keep doing it. Oh! Oh! That had, not, uh, that had not sunk in. If the score indicator higher... Wait. So wait, okay, hold on a second. We do we know this? The shredded rod is the bane of all blah blah blah. For its touch will drain any item of all magic parts unless a savings of versus a cancellation is made. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Couldn't you rule it doesn't actually say that? Couldn't you rule that if it makes a save, it makes a save forever? Or do you think cause oh, cause you think it's like you're in combat and you're like trying to hit each time and Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then you say, I, I survive a fireball. I never have to make a saving throw for a fireball again. No. Oh, so if, this, if, this, if the score indicator higher is not rolled, the item is drained. Upon the item's draining, the rod becomes brittle. It's no longer potent. Oh, that's, yeah, that's boring. It should be, it gets one, it should, it gets one shot. It is like one. It should have a charge, and and any time if I mean if you don't hit, I mean you know so I mean that shouldn't be it. But if you hit and it makes it save, it should be over. That's the way I would 
play it. That's okay. my rod, rod of cancellation. Well, now you're now you should join Sage Advice because you're just making stuff up. So that's I am, okay. I am. Oh yeah, well that'd be very boring. Oh, I don't know. That can't actually. I I don't know. Isn't that a reasonable reading of it? Because otherwise, yeah, you're right. Unless you make a yeah, you just keep trying the rod of cancellation. Well, oh yeah, when it's drained, not when it's hit. Okay, good point. Boy. That would change Lord of the Rings, and then they yeah. acquire the ring, and they bring it to Elrond, and he spends about an hour. <laughs> yeah, the eagle. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. You don't need the eagle to take it to Mount because that's usually what people argue. It's just here it is. It would end in – that would be fine with me. It ends at the Council of Elrond. Right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Bring out the rod of cancellation. I mean, bring out the rods, and then a wheelbarrow comes out, with a, and there's like a line. For who gets to be the one to do it? It's like, all right, come on, let's give Frodo first try. Or Frodo right. is like, right. Well, but as uh, someone on the comments says, I think it mentioned that if you destroy something that was created by the gods, they may be a little unhappy with you after that. So maybe oh, then you're just des- you're destroyed. Boo! Yeah, you may get killed as well. Destruction. <laughs> Destru- uh, they'll, they'll cast power word kill on you, and you'll be destroyed. It's like being banned from Twitter, you know. It's you're banned. That's it. You can't come back. There's no res. There's no resurrection from it. So, anyway, it's it's pretty cool. But I would not allow it to happen. It was cool till you ruined it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you you ruined it, James. I, I was ignorance is bliss. I was like, hey, this rod's pretty cool. You can use it on an artifact. Yeah, this is awesome. And then you ruined it. But, you, I mean, you don't have to ruin it. You could say that it's a one-shot deal. It just doesn't say that. You'd be, you could say when it touches the artifact that it disintegrates. Well, you know, either, like you said, it's like the clash of the titans, the artifact versus the rod. And, it, and no. the one time it hits it, and after that it blows up. So No, I don't care anymore. I've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right. Rob says he's fine chilling, so we can keep on going. Oh. I like that. <laughs> he might actually be a fan of the show. No, I think he's he, he's told me he loves when you say you and I say things that he has to yell at. So perhaps, I'm sure he's probably screaming at us. Shalala. <laughs> I'm always going to say Shalala. I don't know Absolutely. her. I don't know her world, but I will. I, uh, and I would have said Shalala for the weapon, which I know now is Shalali. No, well, yeah, well, no, for the weapon, we say Shalala, mm-hmm. and we say Donna Shalali. This should really make him angry. Right, do completely backwards. Right. Uh, excellent. That's, that's right. What do you mean backwards? Okay, so we're, go- we're going to do Random Encounter. Okay. Now, for those who have never listened to the show, Random Encounter is where we take a random monster out of the one of the three uh, approved monster books, Monster Manual 1, Monster Manual 2, Fiend Folio, we roll on the tables and figure it out. Typically, the winner comes back the next week and fights the challenger, correct? That's how we've been doing it. For the last, for last, I don't know, almost halfway through the pandemic, it feels like, the basilisk has been the king. He has, he has slain, I assume it's he, it could be a she, I'm being, I'm being a little presumptuous, uh, has slain all comers, either through outright murdering them or making them stoned. Um, last week, we did our annual... Although it's no more because we've said there's been peace and reconciliation. The bunny and the Vorpal bunny and the King Arthur's knights have come to terms. And I'm not sure if they're going to come back again next year. So we didn't play the Basilisk. So the question is, is this the opportunity to retire the Basilisk and have two new challengers? And I say yes. 
Well, Jay, I like I, the basilisk. Well, I think that we should, and we could. Have we retired anyone as an undefeated yes, champion? We have. we have. So there's precedence for this. Yes. The Rocky Marciano rule. Yes, we have, and you're gonna. I, I forgot. No, you don't need to look it up. I mean, it's just so. It, I believe you. I think the basilisk should should save versus death. And I think the basilisk gets a role. Should the basilisk get a? So you know, the, you're changing what? Uh, getting better. Well, because we've we've never done that for anyone else. We've just said, hey, we just retired. The other person we retired, they got, uh, which one was it? Was it the black pudding? No, the black pudding survived. Was it the the giant ant? No, the giant ant did not. (laughs) Zero victories. All right, who knows who who we retired? Someone, I will will be forever thankful if they find, remember who we retired, because I don't recall. It probably is time to retire. Well, what does the Grog Empire think about? They, is there any sort of... All right. <laughs> Do we really want to know what the Grog Empire thinks Grog... about us? Do you really? Is that what you want to hear? The Grog, the Grog Empire sleeps. The sun never rises on the Grog Empire. Because they're always sleeping. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah, we should probably retire. You know, it's that... I don't mind doing the save versus death. I'm sorry. I mean, you should. That's, that's all right. Let's do save versus death then. But I'm sh- I'm sure we have. Yeah. Okay. Maybe oh, it was the angel. Didn't we re- the diva? Didn't we retire oh, the diva? Thank I you. I hated that diva. Such a diva. She was yeah. a diva. I... So yeah. I think the diva you had a, you literally had enough because she was just <laughs> so. See, no, okay, all right, no, James, this is going to make sense. Mm-hmm. The basilisk is in the monster manual, correct? Yes. A truly sacred text. It is, it is the text. The other ones are derivative works. They're like the apocryphal or whatever they are. Exactly, they're, they're spinoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you are, look, if you're a monster that is in the sac- that sacred text, the monster manual, you deserve, before retire, I mean, the dice have to tell you to retire. Right. That's, so that's consistent then. Okay. This, has never, this has never happened before. We've never sought to retire a monster from the monster manual. Yes. I, don't, I think you're right. Okay. So, all right. What is the, uh, you got your DMG? Save uh, versus death, uh, which uh, is really death magic, yes? Yes. There is no save versus death. There's, there's as far as I know. There's not. Because you can't magic. look. Why isn't that in the, in the sage advice? Hey, I, was, I saw save versus death, and I went to the monster DMG, and I didn't find it. Why? And, you know, even I think in Dragon's Foot with the Q&A with Gary, no one asked about that negative four business, which is convenient. You know, there's some things which is so sad that we just never got answered. You know, we, we have the Gibbering Mouth there now. We do. Way better. Gibbering Mouth I like I like either one. So, uh, so you need a 10. 10 in, a 10 in the basilisk is basically like I'm hanging around. I'm going to stay. Okay. Yep. It's a 13. All right. All right. The basilisk is here yet again. Well, though I think we're going to have to save every time now. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. With a, with a minus each time. Minus one. And that should be the rule going forward. Okay. I agree. I like that. But going forward, the champion, because you know, this is survival of the fittest. So the new rule, hold on. Got to write this down because we will forget. The new rule is after three times. Let If they win three times, then... Champion three times, then save versus death. And then minus one each time right. thereafter, or minus two? What do you think? Uh, minus two. Okay. Well, as you know, I've suggested we actually do that 
each for our show each right. time. Well, we're getting close. We, we're getting close to having the save. That's right. We just <laughs> we should roll that right in the beginning. Hi, welcome yeah. to Grog Talk. Oh, okay, we're done. Thank you. That's it. One one always fails. That's all right. Okay, so uh, we are now rolling for the. And you know what would be great though is if this turned out to be like Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson episode. If in this episode, after all this talk, the basses goes down. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Right. That could happen. Okay, James, would you like to do the dorsal roll? I would, would like the dorsal roll. Yeah, because I get to do all the rolling. You don't Five. That's Monster Manual 2, correct? Yeah, it is Monster Manual 2. I am. And you, sh- and you shared the secrets. You, pr- you provided the Enigma code to... Rob, on how to gl- how you glean the monsters out of Monster Manual Two and Fiend Folio. He was he was duly impressed. Well, and he sent it to me to confirm it as correct, and I really don't want to. I'm really tempted to just say yes, it's correct without reading it. <laughs> so long. Okay, James, I need you to roll a D10. One. We are in a dungeon. That's shocking. Oh. Okay. Now I need you to roll. You're rolling a ten, the monster level out of 10, and you know, James, we want a high level for right. having a shot here, right? Five. Eh, we're in the, we're in the ball. Bad. We're in the ball. That's part. not bad. Well, you don't want somebody to, if you get a 10, then you just have another basilisk right. Right. business again, right? It's one meet new boss, same as the old boss. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, the Fiend Folio really does not get a lot of play here. Okay. Roll the eight-sided and a 12-sided, please. Okay, so we're we're in the monster manual too, right? That's right. We're in the monster, right? Weren't we supposed yep, to be? That's right. Nine. A cave bear. Oh, a cave bear. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? We like the cave bear, right? but we also think. Oh God! He's going to get owned by the. Oh. No, I, this would be awesome. I'm so rooting for the cave. Well, I am the cave bear, so obviously I'm rooting for the cave and, bear. And or and. I'm going to one time only because I've lost my mind. Where is the cave bear in Dan? For those who are playing at home, the cave bear is on page nine of the Monster Manual one. Oh, good! So it's, it's original text. It's got one of my favorite pictures there, which is a this beetle is chasing this. It looks like a cockatrice, might be a chicken, and the guy is standing behind the tree hiding. Is that the stag beetle or the rhinoceros? Beetle? Well, you caught me there. I said I didn't want to say because I wasn't sure. I don't know which one it is, but man, that thing's enormous. Mm-hmm. Well, it's clearly oh, that thing is the largest. That's got to be that might be a rhinoceros beetle. It's at least a stag beetle. Yeah. I think it's probably stag, but they're common. And don't stag beetles, are they the ones that like crops? I love how they're common. They're grains. Seven. Oh, I know. That's so scary. We've talked about that. And they like grains mm-hmm. and similar crops. So, yeah, I think that's probably a stag beetle that is chasing that. I like chicken. the little man on page nine. It looks like he's behind the tree. I, or he's yes. hiding, trying to hide the shadows. Look how little. Is that his house? Yes, that's his it's house. so small. Yeah, that's Why? Why is he behind the tree? I would be behind the house. And he's gonna just he's not gonna save his chicken? No. That's a cockatrice. He's not he's not saving the cockatrice. We should do the cockatrice versus stag beetle. Okay. Cave bear. Oh wait, are you looking at it? Oh I'm not supposed to. Okay. You're not. Okay, cave bear. Common, uncommon, what is it? Frequency. I would say uncommon. You're right, but you looked. Number appearance. I did look. I I can't, so you cannot tell a lie. Yeah, All right, I'll just go. I'll just go. Th- we'll just go through this. Um, oh, but no, wait. Something good is coming. I see it hugs. It does. That hug. sounds it's like good. an owlbear. That's right. That sounds nice. One to two appearing. 
AC6, 12-inch move. Wow, six plus six hit dice. Oh, so cave bears are pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. They're never percent in the lair, nil, but they're a cave bear. Well, I guess I'll find out. About, I mean, <laughs> they're in someone else's cave. Yeah, what's that all about? Their man cave. So no, no treasure. Well, three attacks. Oh, this is ugly. One to eight, one to eight, one to twelve. So the cave bear is clearly the worst of the bears to face. Yes, it's like that Leo DiCaprio movie where he's fighting the the bear. I don't know. Oh. If, you know what I'm talking about. No, I know BJ and the bear. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> is there like a beaver in there? <laughs> See, you are. You're just doing random ones. have nothing to do with what we're talking about. 2 to 16 on hogs. No special defenses. They are semi-intelligent. Oh, so they're above animal. That's nice. They are 12 feet plus tall. Their line is neutral, as it should be. All of these ursoids? That sounds like a Shakespeare That's a great female word. character, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Ursoid? Or the Ursoids. That's a meteor shower. Are omnivorous. Although the gigant, gigantic cave bear tends toward a diet. Yes, a diet of meat, my friend. I, yes, boys. Basilisk is on the menu. What, what I also find ironic is, of course, that the basilisk is the one right before cave bear. Yes. They're right, right next to each other. They, this is like neighbors fighting. This has been waiting to happen for 40 years. That's right. They're finally tired of each other. Yes. They're going to settle there. The bass, I'm tired of my neighbor. I'm going to go take him out. Hey, James, take a look at the basilisk. He's looking over there. Aha. Uh-huh. Made you look at the basilisk. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, God! James, is stoned. James was... are you stoned? Uh. Okay. Size shown. It, oh, all have excellent hearing and smell. Oh, oh, James, but rather poor eyesight. Is that going to play a role? I have mm. poor eyesight. Does that, is that affect anything? Like, you know, I have poor eyesight. You know what? I'm going to give you a save because you can't see the gaze. How's that? Yes. I'm going to give that you a bonus a to your save. It's right. It's a blur. <laughs> Even though it, sh- it shouldn't have anything to do with it, I'm going to give you that. Oh, now you're. It made it save, and you're you're punishing the basilisk for making it save. Okay, um, and I also have excellent hearing and smell. So I want to say, why does it not say that I have uh, that I'm not often surprised? Then I should rarely be surprised. Don't you agree? Well, I think you'd have a better chance against invisible things. But if you can't see, that's one of your main. All three things need to be well to be <laughs> rarely surprised. Well, that's true. It does kind of offset that. I smell, you smell something? Ah. Okay, uh, the grizzly bear, uh, size shown as average variety, and larger individuals will be more powerful. Wow. The grizzly bear is a brown bear, very aggressive disposition. Black bears are usually not aggressive. Brown bears are, and cave bears are quite aggressive. If a bear scores a paw hit with an 18 or better, so, and I got two of those, mm-hmm. it also hugs for additional damage as indicated. So I only need... Because I have claw, claw, bite. So I only need one of my two paws needs to hit with an 18 or higher, yep. and I get a hug. You get a hug. You give out hugs. I would have thought that I needed to do both hits with paws. And that's how it is with the owlbear, if I recall. Oh, and it doesn't say it here, though. Yeah, this is better. So this, when, you, when, it became, when they did the mutant owlbear, it wasn't as powerful as the regular bear. Just, so that's typical magic user, make, taking something natural and making it worse. No, it's a no. The owlbear says if a scores, if it scores a paw hit of eighteen or better with either of its four limbs, the owlbear has oh has dragged the victim to itself. 
Oh. I got it. And the, and the owlbear will take an additional 2 to 16 points of damage from the hug. Oh, so I think that's what's happening, is I pull you into me with the claw. So that's why it's just one, I think. Okay. Yeah, so it is right. the same. I thought it was different. Oh, that's cool. No, it, it is the same, but I'm glad, I'm glad you thought it was different because it caused me to look it up, and it seemed to explain what's going on here. If a bear score—so if I'm hugging you, man, you can't—well, we'll, I, I don't need to talk about things that haven't happened yet, but you shouldn't be able to look at me. It's not like I'm kissing you when I'm hugging you. If a bear scores a paw hit, they do. Okay. It also hugs for additional damage. Additional. The brown and cave bears will continue to fight for one to. Oh my gosh, it's like the. Uh, what is it? The uh, boar. Giant boar. Right, the giant boar. For one to four melee rounds after reaching zero to negative eight. At nine or greater, they are destroyed. No, killed. That's right. They're destroyed. Boo. They are killed immediately. This is going to be a lot of fun, actually. I've got some hope. No, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be no, got a failure save, and it's going to be the end of it. So I've got a puncher's chance, and we also need a pawer's chance, and we also need to look up Drasilisk, don't we? Yeah, just have for, the, ready to go. for the gaze rule. All right. Oh, look. I have it. I have it. Uh, dog-eared. Okay. All right, sir. What? Uh, we're rolling we're for, rolling surprise. for surprise. That's right. So hopefully okay. you will get surprise. You're rooting uh, against yourself? That's right. Five. Well, because I agree with you. We're going to move on. I rolled a five. I rolled a four. Okay, no one's surprised. Let's look at distance. Ooh, we are 80 feet away from each other. Okay. We're in a dungeon. 80 feet away. Yeah, we're coming around the corner. So, it's initiative. Declare. What are you going to do? I am... Well, I'm very aggressive. Right. I'm, so, I guess... Wait, I charge? don't even... Wait. Yeah, but wait a second. I have poor eyesight? I mean, wouldn't I be like... Something's up there, but you I don't even know what it. it is. You smell that you heard you heard the lizard I, the basilisk slithering. You're hungry for basilisk yeah. flesh. You're like you're like playing me. All right, you convinced me. I all right, fine. I'm very aggressive. I smell a basilisk. I've been smelling you for forty years. Right. Forty I'm over, forty-four years at this point. Forty-four years. I'm over it. I'm charging. That's right. Good. I will not charge. I'm going to parlay. I'm going to roll my I'm going to roll my reaction roll. Oh, I love you, 98. I'm going to. Yes. I want to be hugged by you. I'm going to I'm stand gonna, there. You're going to turn around. <laughs> you're back toward me. Hey, you're killing me. Oh, that's not. It's a, Where are you laying? Oh no, no, no. We're not doing. Okay. We're not having bear on basilisk action here. That's not. No, I was suggesting that you are going to basically. Kill yourself. All right, let's go. Kill yourself. All right, initiative. Okay. okay. Six. Two. Let's see if I roll a d10 to see if you meet my gaze as you're charging towards me. Oh, yeah. So what? So I have a 12-inch movement. Yeah, you're going to make it there. I'm in a dungeon. That's 120 feet. I'm going to make it there. That's yeah, all right. but, but if you survive the gaze attack. Okay, so yeah, you just see this very large, aggressive, angry, aggressive, slightly very aggressive. unable to see bear, right? Okay. Yes. Lunging at you. Okay, so I am attacking normally. Well, first, well, first the d10 to see if your gaze attack. Right, your... that's that's what I meant, right? So oh. it's the three and ten, the attacking yeah. normally? Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Three. All right, so you you, the, you have met the basilisk gaze. Now you need to make a saving throw. And I'm going to give you a plus two because of your poor eyesight. You're taking this better than I thought. So okay. you need uh, against petrification you need a nine okay a ten 
All right, you survived the gaze attack. Congratulations. Even with, even with, with wait, did the bonus make the difference or did it not? Yes, it made the difference. You would need an 11. A controversial uh, segment. Of That's okay. Well, now make your to hit roll. Random That's, encounter. It's, well, it's, it's not controversial. That's interpreting the thing. Poor eyesight. I'm making that ruling. Okay. There has to be some benefit to poor eyesight. Right. Uh, okay, so your six hit dice, you're charging. 17, sir. Well, do, I get, do I get plus two for charge? You do. You hit. Yes. But you oh, don't, wait. Do I you, do three? I do three. Don't I do you get three? three? I give you your three attacks, absolutely. Yeah, why wouldn't I? That's not discretionary, is it? Well, some people would argue the charge, typically you're charging with a weapon. So. Oh, no. that's an interesting question. Can... Can a, can a cave bear use the charge rules? It doesn't say any, it doesn't say people can't charge. So, okay. So I I'm gonna allow it. So yeah, roll again. Now if you roll an 18, I'm rolling natural 18 that you need. Oh, uh, so roll again. I would agree with that. I got a 13. That's a bummer. So I what did I need to hit? Uh, I'm six plus six. You need a seven. Wow. What's your? Oh yeah, your AC is only four. So I hit, but I did not. Hug. You're I'm not, not hugging. Hug. Two hits so far, and a 12, so I have three hits. All right, so roll 2d8 plus a d12. While you do that, I'll roll the basilisk's hit dice, because we I don't know if we ever did that. I'm sure we did. You know, let me look it up before I re-roll it. Wow, I just did a lot of damage. These things are nasty. Yeah, they're like the wild boar. It's... Yeah, but worse. <laughs> but worse. Okay, yeah, the Devo was recently. That's why we we couldn't. It was the Devo was like in Halloween, and we're like, oh, the Diva. We couldn't remember it. This Basilisk hasn't been here as long as we thought. We he started episode seventy. Yeah, seventy four. We retired the Diva. Oh, okay. And seventy-five, the bass. So this is wow. the This is the sixth episode. If I, oh, okay. With the so bass. we could have had a bassless versus the diva. Okay. We could have, but we well, tired it. Well, we may still in the battle of champions. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, we know the bassless is coming back. I mean, bassless is clearly making the battle of champions. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, you know what? I don't. I, we never did damage to this bassless. I feel like we did. Oh, this is this is so painful. Okay. Oh, you can just roll. It's a new, I'm just it's rolling a new it. day. Yeah. Eight. Eight, eight. Five is 13. 13. 16. 21. 22 hit points. That's what he has. I just did 19 hit points. Oh, you. he's down to two hit points. No, three, right? Yeah, you three, say 22? Three, three, you're right. You're right. 22. Wow. Down to three hit points. Okay. Uh, I didn't move, so I'm going to make my crappy attack. Okay. Oh, I hit you. Roll. You start rolling your hit points. You oh, you take okay. ten from me. Oh, this is a this is a classic Whoa. clash That's of the it. titans here. So you you turn around the corner. The, you smell this thing that's been bothering you for forty four years. You charge. Raw. You strike him three times, gashing him. He other than rolls around and bites you. And now it is the second round of this epic battle. How many how many points of damage do you do? Ten. I have, th I have 31 hit points. I have more hit points than you. Yeah. So I'm down to 21. Yeah, that's good. But okay, if you, get, let's do if you it. get gazed, it won't matter. So I know. Uh, but you're down. You have three. 
I know. You just have to, you just have to. It ends now. You're ready to go. It's like a boxing match where you're just you know. Here it is. You are. Ready I rolled to fall. a two. I rolled a one. <laughs> right. Roll a d10. Here we go. So this is uh, all right. Attacking normally three and ten. Here we go. A ten. All right. So you're safe from that, but he gets his attack. He hits oh, you. You're going to be done. I have three attacks. I need like a six or Take something. Take another seven. Down to 14. All right, make your attacks. Oh, it's coming. It's, it's over. I told you, James. I told you. A 10. That's a hit. That's a hit. A 19. You're being oh, hugged. Oh, now he's being hugged. And a 14. Three hits and a hug. But I'm going to be hugging a dead basilisk. So you do 4d8 plus a d12. That's a lot. So let me first do, so when that first claw hits you, this is not the hugging claw. Right. <laughs> oh, one claw. point. One See? point. So you're still alive. This is the second hugging claw. Seven. So I'm hugging a dead basculus. because that's eight, right? <laughs> that's the name of the album, Hugging a Dead Basculus. That's Yes. <laughs> yes. And then what happened at that point? Do I do another? Or you, do two, you do two to 12. Yeah, you do two to 12 for your bite if you didn't oh do that. Oh, my God, and the hug. Oh, yeah, so... Yeah, so I'm hugging you, and then I do the, I do four points with the bite, and then you are dead, and I'm going to squeeze any remaining life out of you for 13 points of... Wow. You're destroyed. Yeah, is this destroyed? That's right. Yay, he's dead. Ding dong. There you Stop. go. I heard stuff cracking. But it's not over. Oh. Divine intervention. I, okay, I want, I want to look up the charge. It want, it'll make me feel better, James. Let's you try. want me to feel better, don't you? This action brings the charging party. What's a party? Into combat on the charge round. Hmm. Well, it does say armor class of charging creatures. Right. It does say creatures, then... No divine intervention, so you're safe. Oh, that would be, yeah. So, uh, Yogi Bear, is that the name of the your, the new champion? Maybe. Maybe. Yogi, that's, that was a suggestion by someone. Or BJ Bear. There's a lot of... That is interesting. It doesn't say only one charge. Have you ever had a creature charge? Like, when you're running... The I, well, I, for a while, I was not allowing creatures to charge, only because uh, I wanted to give player characters an advantage. But then they were getting so powerful, I'm like, nah, screw it, let them do a charge. So it does not say they cannot charge. But, it would be. Mm -hmm. again, it, when, when a charging, uh, when someone is charging, technically you don't roll initiative for them. The initiative is based on the weapon length. Of that, so if a owl bear were to charge a person with a sword, you could argue the sword is longer than their claws, so they, they would still go first in that. Oh yeah, it says the opponent with the longer weapon slash reach right. attacks first. Charging creatures gain plus two. Boy, that does sound like you can use it for monsters. He uses the phrase creatures. Yes, and and it talks about reach. So and, I, and it doesn't seem to be any reason why you wouldn't. I mean, right. charge just the aspect of a charge would apply to anybody. Right, and you're just moving forward. And going back to this idea of attack routine versus multiple attacks. 
Because right. the bear has an attack routine, claw, claw, bite. So when he arrives or she arrives at the victim, and again, if you were a basilisk and you had a spear and you set your spear, then you could potentially do double damage. But let's say you got past that, the attack routine would happen. That's why I allowed all three. Uh, I know some DMs, and myself included, I go back and forth. Let's say your character has two attacks. I only let the first attack happen. Oh, that's interesting. But that's right. But this is. But you're right. But an attack routine is considered as as not multiple attacks in a round. In that sense, not like a fighter having two right. for one. I that's mean, right. The DMG is clear on that, right? That's, so that's my understanding. So there that you go. seems to me like you that that was a correct way to play it. It was certainly not clearly incorrect. So what do you think, James? I thought you'd be happier. I pressed the wrong button. I am happy. That was good. We did. The cave, the cave bear. This is the other thing I want to do, too. Now, I don't know if you want to do it now or later. I think that the show needs, the show, not Grogcon, needs a familiar as its friend. At some point, I think the show should, don't you think the show should have like a little mascot? The show, that's a familiar? So we're going to have a, we're going to have a creature, a, 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 a mascot for the convention and we're gonna have a different mascot for the show yeah so in other words the mascot would be for each grog con you'd have this you know this year's mascot for the convention okay. grog con grog talk would just have like you know the resident mascot or the resident familiar that is you know it's friend. do you see why people are always perpetually confused by us when roll a d20 james this is gonna be good just trust I, me. And, and also, we are you going to get pictures of your foster cats? Because I want to promote the patron thing. Did you talk to the shelter? Are they interested in this, or are they worried about cat I exploitation? Would need, I would need fosters. Kitten season is coming up. I haven't had any fosters uh, yet. So your supply of tra- illegal traffic cats yes. is low. Yes. 16. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no familiar available in spell <laughs> range. Oh, all right. Guess I'll have to try next next week. <laughs> My <laughs> that stinks. All right, we'll try to get one. Sorry, folks. I know you're. I know you're disappointed. We'll try to get our familiar in the next episode. Aww. All right. All now, right. so yeah, the cave bear. So now we need to name, maybe name the cave bear. It might be. I could, certainly could be Yogi uh, Bear. Yogi Bearra. Bearra. Could be. Could be BJ's bear. So yeah, start thinking. Where are you laying the pipe? Is there like a beaver in there? Yeah, it's just. Uh... <laughs> You just want to play this. I can't say anything yes. on this. Show. Yes, I can. That's exactly right. You know, I think. Uh, let me ask Rob. So uh, let's see. Do you want to be on for? Have you ever? Let's see if he wants to. See if he wants to be on for that. Because if it is, we'll go to commercial. I have reinstituted the commercials, Dan. We're going to see if we get banned because we don't have a guest, so I don't really care if we get banned and get unbanned. So. Oh okay. Uh, okay. Is it, so, is it the commercial? It's the commercial. It's the and let's go to the lobby and all the other crap. Yep. Okay. Right. All right. So we're gonna take a quick uh, five second break. Get Rob on and be back. So enjoy the intermission. Support Grog Talk by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com backslash Grog Talk. And we are back to this very exciting. Uh, fun-filled episode. We have a new little figure, Mr. Rob Cask Ritchie. Is that fair? Do you mind? Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's close enough. 
Okay, Rob Ritchie, our editor of Flipping and Turning, and he is here to do a couple things. Uh, first, we're going to do, he's going to join us in our Have You Ever Played a Bard? Uh, what is it, Traveling Through a Minstrel Fair, whatever, Lollapalooza? What? I'm not, I'm not sure what the... Close. Have you ever played a bard infiltrating the Assassin's Guild? Oh, okay. That makes a, makes a lot more sense why we were got attacked by assassins then. You forgotten the title. Yes, and this is by John Frazier from First Encounter Magazine back in the early 80s. It is like a choose-your-own-adventure style. You get to test, though, how good you are at playing a bard. And it was a bloodbath last time. Not many people were left alive. That's right. And it was a bloodbath, which we the, the crowd here at the uh, Web Inn was very happy about. The red, it was the, the, red, the red wedding of... Uh, AD&D. Yes, it was. And just and just to uh, let our viewers know and listeners know, uh, this installment of Have You Ever Played is brought to you by Toys and Wheels in the Orchard Park Mall in Kalana, British Columbia, for the most up-to-date selection of TSR modules, games, books, accessories. Tell them James and Dan sent you. Very nice. Very nice. So... ColecoVision. Oh, I love ColecoVision. ColecoVision is great. Just played Mousetrap and Venture on that. That was my after Atari. That was that was the best. So, and what's our character's name? So the character we are playing is North Runner. He is neutral good bard. Neutral good bard. We just talked about neutral good bard. Sixteen, a harp and a horse, out of money, no remorse. I got no place to call my own. Strike a note, here I go. I'm running north, yeah. I'm north runner. Yeah. Good night, Cleveland. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Dan made me do that. I'm just for those who wondered why, as opposed to, they made me do it. So there you go. That was that was sensational. Thank uh, you. Anyway, yeah, there, that, that is worthy of a on-the-spot 100 experience point uh, bonus award. No, 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 I'm sorry. It will be considered when doing his ratings at the end. Well, well yes, but that you write it down now so you don't forget about it. <laughs> Indeed. So, thank yeah, so that, that was James playing the North Runner song on... Uh, the Canaith Mandolin. That's right. The Canaith Mandolin. Okay. All right. Thank you, James. Um, are you gentlemen ready? Uh, so We are ready. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I'm sorry. Those of you who are still alive, are you ready? Yes. Okay. We are still let's, alive. Let's do it. So I believe last time we were attacked, North Runner was attacked by an assassin and uh, presumably uh, you have survived. After the disturbing encounter with the so-called bard, you proceed down a side road and enter the city's slum area. The smell is quite appalling, and you swallow carefully, setting your wrenching stomach at ease. As you walk past various ramshackle huts, a trio of ragged beggars approach you and grovel at your feet for money. Though you are a compassionate man, you decide not to involve yourself with the paupers. 
more beggars begin to gather, and eventually you have over 30 of the wretches following you. You ignore them, and they begin to get angry, picking up rocks as they go along. Seeing yourself in dire straits, you decide that you'd better do something. I kind of like this adventure. I like this guy's style. <laughs> okay, here we go. Forget it. I feel like I'm eating dinner at like a nice restaurant. Hard <laughs> in the corner. Okay. Number one, do you run like mad from the beggars? Number two, give them 30 gold pieces leaving you with just 49. So basically, you're just like throwing money and running, <laughs> and they're all like scrambling. Okay. Three, fight them with your sword. Four, call lightning on the beggars. <laughs> we need to have John Frazier on the show. I like this guy. Oh, here we go again. Just to let you know, my spouse felt that 150 degrees long enough would kill you, but that's a different issue. That's so last last episode. B5, control temperature, again, 10 degrees radius, and freeze the beggars at minus 66 degrees. Freeze. This is great. Um, B6, cast entangle on the beggars and run. Yeah, you sure do sound. This guy does, North Sweater does sound compassionate. Seven, charm the beggars with your music and suggest that there is a box of gold 50 feet behind them, then run. Eight, cast fairy fire and attack with sword. Nine, throw dagger, then run. Ten, throw a dagger, then fight with your sword. There it is, folks. Make your choices now. One, run like mad. Two, Throw 30 gold pieces at them, leaving with 49. Three, fight them with your sword. Four, call lightning on the beggars. Five, control temperature and freeze them at minus 66 degrees. Six, entangle. Seven, charm them. Eight, fairy fire attack sword. Nine, throw a dagger, then run. Ten, throw a dagger, then fight with your sword. Uh, James, I have a question. Yes. Will we be judged on alignment because I am neutral good. North <laughs> is neutral good. Should that be taken into consideration? Do you? Th yeah. Rob is saying yes. Absolutely. So this is part of playing a good. Okay. So I'm just mentioning that for people out there. And we had in what was Sage Advice, what, the month before? Well, we just had backstab neutral good. It's okay to do that, but killing innocent people, quote unquote, wasn't that one of the questions we had? Could you kill. Yes. And the answer was, if you knew they were evil, super evil, that was fine. Yes, correct. We did learn that last time in, in Sage Advice in the March issue. So I think, uh, I, gentlemen, have you made up your choices? Well, we'll ask Rob, who's our guest today. Uh, well, I'm, I'm double-checking something in the Bard book. Wait, can he do that? James, is that a foul? Uh, is, is, he's in the player's foul? handbook, right? He's not checking anything else but the player's oh, handbook. Okay. I, I can look up my character's abilities in the player's handbook. Um, I have a couple of things that... Uh, uh, Entangle is an, is an attractive option, but it is not entirely safe. Um, I think that... do I? And I'm not sure whether or not I have an expectation that I'm going to need a lot of money, but I would think that giving gold to beggars is a good act, and if it it's certainly a way that resolves the uh, issue. I'm going to go number two. Throw gold. You're going to do a number two. 
I'm, drop, I'm dropping a deuce on this one. He's, got, he's going number two. Um, I'm going to I'm going to join Rob, uh, and we're going to do it. We're, we're both going to do number two together. Well, I have to be contrary. I'm going to do seven since I have my. There's money over there. Oop, wrong chord. Oh, that's a terrible chord. There you go. That's why I failed my charms. Hey. <laughs> the beggars take your mandolin and beat you with it. <laughs> I, I'd be concerned that charm doesn't work on that. I mean, there's over 30. That's right? my concern as well. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't, um, say that it, it doesn't say that it's a mass charm. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, James. What, what level bard are we? We're 12. 11th or 12th or something like that. Oh, yes, really? Yes, we are 12th. I might there. change my answer. Also, the bars. Seven I'm going to change my answer to, to the music. I'm charming. I'm doing number seven. All right, I'm going to stay with number two. I'm I around, think the I'm safe already... one is two. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah, because if it doesn't work on everyone, then you're, yeah. I'm not, I mean, not that you're a hard time killing them. Okay, James, do we have people who Oh, yeah, we've got, uh, well, they're, I mean, a lot of these are similar, and a lot of the answers were already given, so they're kind of adjudicating that. A lot of people are doing charm. That's right. Uh, they want me to play Stonehenge. Stonehenge. I gotta go learn that next time by Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. That's right. When the dance of the, the little people come yeah. out, no one knows where they came, where from, they came or, from or where they went. Uh, there it looks like charm is the answer. Okay. I should play okay. Mob Rules on this. I gotta learn how to play that. So that's uh, well, that's the other. Well, one. you know. I may have mentioned this. I had an opportunity to see uh, Purple Sabbath. Remember, Black Sabbath had Ian Gillen, the lead singer for the Born Again tour. Yep. They played in the Lincoln Civic Center, and I didn't go because I'm like, no, they're all washed up and old. And apparently, there's some suggestion. Some have suggested that Spinal Tap in that that Stonehenge scene was premised on that Black Sabbath tour because oh, really? apparently there was problems like that with their. But that's I digress. Okay. Well, all right. Are we David ready to Thompson's come? going off the reservation. He's doing called lightning. He's good. He's good. Wow. <laughs> Someone had to. He's he's all right. Well, you know, that's fine. He's Get he's it out living of in the system, David. Yeah, so you're wild oats. He's living in the here and now. He'll he'll handle it when it look, he'll handle it when he gets to wherever he's going. Where's he going? Neutral good. Where do you go when you die? The Elysium? I thought it's Happy hunting grounds? That's chaotic. I think that's chaotic good. He'll deal with it when he where's, gets there. Okay. Where's, where's Carlos when you need him? Okay, here we go. I am flipping and I am turning. I gotta look it up. To the answers. Okay. B1, which was. It is Alicia. Uh, Neutral good. Oh, for the win. Thank you. Yes, very nice. Okay, so. B1, did anyone take B1 Run Like Mad from the beggars? No. That's not a bad idea, but you uh, took 10 hit points from stones. Stoned by the beggars. They're stoning you. Yeah. Stone, Disgusting. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. You don't hope they're stones. Yeah, you better hope they are. Okay, two. So this was, anyone else do two other than myself? No. Okay. No damage, just a little poorer. Okay. That's the nice one. That was nice. That is Three. Nice. Well, I'm neutral good. I'm playing the alignment. Three. Fight them with your sword. Anyone do three? No, no one else has done it. No one's even playing anymore. They're just like, they're putting things out. Except uh, Shannon's Charm the Beggars. 
Lloyd's charm. Everyone's charming, pretty much. There aren't. Except, there aren't, yeah, except aren't. David, who's saying, bugger it, right. call lightning. Okay. Three was three was fighting with swords. Take twelve hit points in combat. I assume that means what's implicit in that is that you slaughtered thirty beggars. Right. Well, because yeah. they are zero level. They might, have, they might have missed morale. That's true. You kill a couple of those guys, they run. Well, they are. They, don't have they are morale. zero level. So you'll get seven attacks, assuming he's a yes. seventh level fighter. So you're yeah, at least yeah, at least seven. <laughs> seven go down, and then he's like a two to hit. Yeah. Yeah, you're slaughtering them. Just... Oddly enough, murdering beggars in the street is really easy when you're a, when you're a good soldier. No, no bloodletting in the streets, please. Okay, here is call lightning on the beggars. <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say David should be lucky. This is the answer. Lucky for his here, here and after. No storm in the area. Take twenty hit points before you run. Oh, he's in rough. All right. Yeah, there was still no storm. Didn't we do that last time? There's no storm, right? Five. Okay, here, I'm sure this is going to be controversial. Let's see. This is the, this is the, I'm now trying to freeze them. <laughs> I'm sure it works because um, the last one worked. Fine. The beggars are on ice. Yes, you've frozen and killed all of the, yes, you've frozen them. Arrow. Okay. That is awful. Six and there's no six is the entangle and run. And oh, we did this last time. Entangle works only near plants. Take 15 hit points before running. And we learned nothing. Seven. So this is a lot of people with, the charm. with the charm. Okay. Wow. Excellent choice. Heck up, but excellent. I, mine was okay. Okay. Period. Excellent choice. That's all it says. Uh. No damage. Doesn't go on about how wonderful, how the su- sweet, dulcet tones. Excellent choice. No damage. If you picked this, you are clearly a superior player. You're heading toward a one score. Out of a four. That's right. Much better choice than giving up your money. You're still rich, right. unlike the giving up money. I'm neutral good, but I'm not giving up my money. What kind of game well, what is I this? Like about, what I like about it is that remember it says you charm them and convince them there's a box of money somewhere else. Right. So you're lying to them through song. That's yeah. right. They probably like beat up some dude with a box <laughs> nearby. There, get him. <laughs> He's got a box. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> okay. Um, number. Uh, where are we? We are on number. Eight. Fairy fire and attack with sword. Take six hit points of damage. I assume implicitly you slaughtered them. Nine is throw a dagger, then run. It's that choice again. Ah. Uh, take eight hit points from thrown stones. Ten was throw a dagger, then fight with your sword. It is take ten hit points in combat. I would like to tote, I yes, I am poorer, but I'm taking no hit points damage in this installment. I took five last time. So basically, Dan, your choice, while effective, could have been taken by a zero-level merchant who happened to have 30 gold in his pocket. Rob, I'm glad you brought this up, because that is, in fact, the way one should play first edition. Play as if you are a zero-level merchant (laughs) without a lot of money. That's the way you should play. I've been playing as a zero-level merchant forever. I've never lost a character. I mean, I'm not not gaining—I'm still first level. Right. But on right. first level, yeah. zeroth level. Zero. Yes, I'm not. I haven't left my apprenticeship. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that completes another installment of Have you ever played a bard infiltrating the Assassin's Guild? So now we Zero. are we are now on to the 
the focus of our show today, which again, uh, we are becoming a parody of everything else. We now self-promoting ourselves. The show becomes about itself, which is wonderful. And it's well-deserved because we are now here to talk to Rob about the one, the only, flipping and turning issue three, which I will now present in its glorious thing on the screen for everyone to witness. So Rob, maybe you could give us a quick background of the art magazine, your how it came well, to be, your rationale, all that kind of I'll, stuff. Well, certainly. Um, uh, as recounted in the first issue, uh, uh, Dan told me to do it, and I had to do it because he's my Grog Emperor. That's basically how I got involved in this. Um, and thankfully, the uh, Grog Empire uh, is equally, um, uh, what do you call it, submissive. And have compliant, submitted compliant. compliant and submissive and have uh, been submitting some really wonderful articles. Um, so we've had three. This is our third issue we're talking about. And it is a wonderful, long uh, anticipated monk edition. And right off the bat, you can tell that it's special because the cover. I'm going to see if I can. Yep. You can see the cover. The cover right? I've, I'm presenting to everyone as it is. And just before we continue, if the the soft copy is available, if you go to our Discord, it's under the Grogzine channel. You can download it. Yep. It is free as a, a gift to everyone. Uh, the If you would like a physical copy, if you don't want to print it and you want a one that is, I mean, it's such a difference. I mean, I hate to sound like that, but to have a physical copy of it and just the, the cover... And looking at it, it's it's amazing. Uh, send a note either at Discord to, to Rob or editor at grogcon.com. And you would the only cost is the cost of us to produce it and ship it. We make no money off this. That is correct. We, uh, we don't make any money on this. All we're doing is helping you get a copy of it um, so that you can share in the annals of the Grog Empire. That's right. This cover is an amazing work of art by uh, the one, the only Aggie Pryor. What, awesome. Super it awesome. Contains uh, small uh, illustrations of um, some great luminaries uh, in the Grog Empire. And some people who and shouldn't also be in there. That's right. And, and myself. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's a rogues gallery uh, of... Uh, that's much more accurate. <laughs> yes, rogues gallery. And of course, in the upper right, we have our great sensei but peering um, down at us. That's it. Um, it's a great, I, I was very, very pleased with everything in the episode. Obviously there's a, it's the biggest one and it's the longest issue we've had. Uh, there's some terrific articles on monks. Uh, there's a, uh, what do you call it? A, a adventure by uh, the uh, Brian Crouching Llama Larch. Illustrations by Adrian's Hidden Peacock Sanchez. Um, let's see. There's just a, a lot of great stuff. We have things from uh, Leonard Lakofka, the late, great Leonard Lakofka. Well, let's just start from the top. Let's go right okay. to the Wizard of the Marketplace, and you kind of do an introduction, which is wonderful. Um, yeah. I love the artwork that you've either gotten uh, commissioned or found, so thank you for all that. It just makes a big difference. Uh Starting uh, my submission, Drunken No Master, that's, yes, 
the Grog Talk Adventures Episode One. As promised, we yes. came through and we did. And I want to thank Rob for helping get this into some sort of readable, oh, it, legible it, it, thing. What you what you um, submitted was uh, was was beautiful clay to be molded into. Kind of like a, a fine mud, like in Aurelian. It was the Aurelian yes, mud. exactly. <laughs> Some of the best mud in all the realms. So that, so that was kind of in the spirit of uh, fighting fantasy meets choose your own adventure. You read through the choices, and if an encounter happens, you actually actually fight the battle, and we give you stats for. And now there is official spelling of Pixie and Glade. Because this yes, is the first exactly. time it is written, and many people wanted to know that. It is now canon. This is how it's spelled. It's finally, exactly, the long controversy is over. And of course, you know, the runes of Greyhawk are different than the English alphabet. So right. it took a while to mm-hmm. get the translation correct. This is the, our interpretation of it. That's, you know, that's a very fine point, Rob, that others may come past you know, after us and read it a different way. Social mores may change. A Glade may become Gladys at that point. Uh, but for now, it's Glade. As happens, yes. Well, Moving I on. also want to point out that this is a select your own path book, not in any way to be confused with those other inspirational works right. that you mentioned, but certainly not to imply that they are in any way uh, an uh, infringement on their Trademark. Very well said. Yes, I was Im- giving our listeners, particularly since they can't see it, a point of reference to the genre that this type of work would be part of. Similar to science yes. fiction, you know, that there's no connotation that we're actually lifting and stealing the idea. It's no, no, of course not. Right. I mean, by, by now, the idea is so obvious that it's anyway yes uh choose your destiny whatever the case that's that's the first part and you have and it allows you to flip and turn which is the that's the whole point of it which is that is that is that what that was the number one goal of this was to have people uh put their fingerprints all over the book and by the way yes i want to show our viewers that i am wearing the rubber gloves because i'm handling one of these uh mint copy issues and I don't want anyone to think I'm um, smudging it with my filthy, grubby Cheetos-covered uh, fingers. Yes, it won't be a second. We're not going to have uh, scratch and dent um, flipping and turning available for you, right? That's so, right. So there you go. All right, page page three. Yep, is a great article about Car Wars. Um, that was a good now, game. We used to love it. It's a Wars. great game, and it's an old... Uh, old, uh, old. What's my what's the word I'm looking for? The an old style game. Steve Jackson, right? That's a Steve. Jackson. Yeah, it's a Steve Jackson game. And um, those of us who played D and D probably had at least, if we didn't, we had friends who had their old micro games. Uh, Steve Jackson's micro games. And I was very pleased to have a article about uh, Car Wars. And if anybody has any other old school games, that's the word I was looking for. If anyone else has any other old school game articles that they would uh, like to see uh, published, um, submit them to editor at grogcon.com and we will take a look at them. So I want to do a paranoia one. I just need to figure out, 
I, if I have that adventure that I did, but I'd like to run it one or two more times. So I have to decide if that's what I'm going to submit. But yeah, if you have old school things, it doesn't have to be all AD&D. That, that's a very good point. Uh, the next article is the uh, Tremendous Parenthetical Evil articles by Dan Kittenrake Gormansky. <laughs> and in this case, he goes into... Uh, great detail about the uh, wonderful monster manual entry nightmares. Um, it goes into almost um, dissertation level right. analysis. <laughs> it's a real page turner. It is a page turner. Well, it's on two pages. That's right. This one you don't have to flip or turn. You just open the page, sit down, read it. When you wake up from the nap, finish yeah. it. That sort of thing. Who would have thought I'm re- that it would take so long? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm reading. It's been a long time, so it's like I'm reading with fresh eyes, and I'm like, man, this is boring. <laughs> it is not. It's amazing. Yeah, and okay. it has a ter- some terrific illustrations, of course. Well, what's, now, yeah, that's, what's, that's wonderful. What's is great that, is who at did the end. It's, yeah, who did oh, that? Oh, that's, uh, that's Adrian. That's amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. that drawing nightmare is amazing. Great work yeah. by Adrian. You know it's... You know it's long when it's at the end of it says but back to where we began that's i i submitted some uh questions to the uh, gibbering mouther and rob told me that i think it's like he had to like reduce the font to like four point or something like that because my questions were so long and he said and he banned me i'm banned or at least i'm suspended my my ability to submit questions my ability to submit questions to gibbering mouther has been suspended due to up your quota Dan. I didn't realize it was a word quote. I would have been well, a little more brief. Well, okay. now there, there, we had to institute one. Because of me. Yeah, it's yeah, your Gorman you're, role. You're, you're, a, you're a groundbreaking, your, your groundbreaking questions have caused us to yeah. rethink our entire lives, actually. Well, that's fine. That's the way law works, right? You, you know, something happens, you hadn't anticipated it, and you adopt a rule, and then you've done well, I so. I think you'll be very pleased with the answers that the gibbering mouther came up with. Well, I'm not happy with the retroactive application of the of the rule, but that's fine. All right. So then we have terrible monsters, and we have the Mad Wizards challenge. So tell yes, people this, about that. Well, this was great. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the The idea there's so many monsters in the monster manual that are the the um, result of horrible experiments by mad monsters, and. Um, I mean, by, by mad wizards. And so what I did is I instituted a very um, scientific chart of determining a certain number of spells. And I, I'm sorry, the mad wizard did, Elrond Varun. And uh, he uh, sent these out to uh, various uh, mad wizards, and they came back with different monsters that they thought the spells when in would, would be used when creating the monster and we got a pretty good uh variety yeah this is great by brian and uh david thompson and dan germanski and vic dorsa and i just thought was what i loved about this was that um every one of you thought well i'm going very basic and obvious that you all basically said (laughs) one sense one sense or another Oh, well, what I sent you is very basic and obvious. And as you can see, they're all quite different from each other. Mm-hmm. So it's a great example of the uh, imagination and creativity of the Grog Empire. 
And you are doing something similar, I believe, with issue four, right? With with a post. Yes, we're doing the Mad Alchemist challenge, and uh, I've gotten some tremendous uh, entries already. So I'm very pleased by that. Super cool. So the next article is the Wondrous Troop of Doctor Xavier by uh, Robert Timorous Bushy Mackey, aka uh, Minion and uh, Minion and. Uh, it's a great little kind of a, a side adventure, introducing some interesting characters that could be recurring uh, for your players to interact with. And a uh, kind of a, I would say, I'm guessing you should probably be first through third character, uh, third level characters to uh, take on the Toll Bridge Brigands. It's perfect. It's it's two pages. You could flesh it out a little bit. Yeah, that's a it's it's the first hour of a two hour session, no problem. It's a quite beautiful and written in his in his style. Move, and the next, moving on to the uh, Arcanist, the new AD and D. The NPC Arcanist, yeah. yes, by um, Sunny Falgine. So this one is a really neat uh, NPC class, kind of a basically a magician's assistant. And somebody you would absolutely want to put, you would want one in your um, wizard's tower to help you to... Um, crank out stuff. Yeah, crank out spells, things like that. That's another one. I, I love charts. I love it when people Us, submit yeah. charts. So, um, and there's a, two good ones right there. And then the next page, we have the Annals of the Lower Reaches. By Lou Pulsifer. So we're very um, honored and pleased that a uh, friend of the show, Lou Pulsifer, has agreed to submit columns to Flipping and Turning. And this is his premier uh, appearance. Uh, next issue, we have, we'll announce that maybe later, but. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, he, he is, he is uh, his, his participation and uh, in Flipping and Turning is intensifying. Let me just say that. It, it, I mean, this just amazing to me. We have someone who, you know, some of his articles and some of his contribution to early game and to the game we love, AD&D, and old school game in general, is, is so profound. And now he's a contributing it's, author. He's, he's, he's stooping like a uh, monarch throwing gold pieces to beggars. And here is... Uh, are and this is the result yeah so super one super cool uh that's yep. that's great and we may have more folks that like that so it's uh we yes, get indeed. people on and people then we we bribe them we 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 berate them to submit stuff and they do so that's great we, we light incense to their altars and everything and it seems to and the 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 the, the, the sweet smelling smoke rises up and they Shower blessings upon us. Ask the gibbering mouther. Uh, so some okay, great questions yes. here. Yeah, this is a couple. Of, we have a few questions from the gibbering mouther, and as always the case, this is binding upon all of your games within the Grog Empire. So everyone within the sound of my voice, read this to find out the proper answer to puzzling questions. Yep, he does. At the gibbering mouther uses one multiple mouths to bestow wisdom on all of us. And then next is 
Long Hairs and Labyrinths, the uh, regular column by Manion, a.k.a. Rob, uh, with the always thoughtful and interesting um, thoughts and, thought, you know, uh, about, oh, the nature of the game and the community of gamers that we are in and the history thereof. Uh, I very, very, feel very blessed to have uh, his participation in the magazine. And he's on his podcast is is def, is on my rotation of things I listen to regularly. A lot of fun. Yes, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. You can find it on Spotify. His his and segueing into that, he's one of the three question answers. Looks like yes. Um, so in the uh, today, I uh, we chose uh, two members of the uh, Grog Empire are uh, Anglophones who are living in Japan. Uh, and they and they did our three questions. So it was very interesting to learn a little bit about, oh, Cattail has swung Can into the... Can in there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there's a cat here. Next was uh, Spells of the F- from the Future, which is another recurring... Uh, uh, article, uh, which is very interesting. These are spells that the Chronomancer has brought from the future that can be found perhaps in ancient and or uh, perhaps cross-dimensional tomes of lore to be found in treasure hoards and libraries. And the next couple of pages are the Leomund files, which are things from the estate of Leonard Lakofka. And today we are talking about the Emidio vampire. So uh, Emidio is a jungle area in Greyhawk, right? That's and right. this is a this is a vampire variant, uh, which is uh, sure to throw um, your vampire hunting PCs for a loop because he's just a little different than the average vampire, and. Following this is the most important uh, combat rule you probably aren't using. It's a discussion of the um, weapons uh, AC, a two-hit adjustment to AC for weapons, and it is a uh, great, what I want to say, defense of adding this rule to your play and why it's important. And uh, this is by... Uh, David Kangaroo Tail Strike Thompson. And also on the bottom of that, the last yeah. page, we have the adventures of Hugo, who is um, about to become a, uh, uh, a meal for a giant crawfish. It's, he's, it's not Etu uh, Hugo, it's Etouffee. Etouffee Hugo, yes. There's going to make a... Um, it's going to make an etouffee. He, he thinks he's going to have a nice dinner, but he's going to be a nice dinner. So there's a lot of French here, which is interesting. We don't. I don't know how, if we have a whole lot of French listeners yet. We have Belgium, and some people in Belgium speak French, correct? I, half, I believe so. Yeah, half but of them was, speak French, and half of them speak something else. I, I, Germans. I was thinking more along the lines, though, of the um, the French-speaking people of new orleans when uh, oh when we put together because of the, the crawfish yes that's wonderful mm. that's why you're here and in your job and i'm 
my job. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. La zelle, le bon temps brûlé is the uh, is the motto of New Orleans. Is there is there any now? My understanding is the next issue is an underwater theme. Is that correct? No, that is not correct. Issue number four, the theme is fighters, fighters in combat. Oh, that's right. I'm one ahead. Then after that, number is, five is an underwater theme. Is and there also any, Grogcon? Yes. Is there any chance in that issue, the underwater one, that will have stats for the giant crawfish? The giant crawfish exists on in the monster manual. It's it does Under giant crawfish. Wow, so I didn't even know that. So I, I think I'm you gonna, go I'm gonna decide. I assume that the next sage advice will be, hey, oh, yeah, that's crazy. I, I the I don't have stats for the crawfish. Where could I find those? And then Where can I find the giant crawfish? <laughs> I'll write that. What? Well, I don't. I've, I think I've exhausted all my words. Well, Dan, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you in on an editorial um, yeah. choice or an editorial secret of the flipping and turning. Hugo only attacks monsters or only encounters monsters for which there are not illustrations in the oh. monster manual. Because, as you may know, as we all know, we love looking at the monster manual for hints on how monsters murder PCs. And some about there's a not all monsters have those in the monster manual. So our dedic- our goal here is to try to provide fill that gap and show how these underrepresented monsters are murdering PCs in every issue. Well, I think that's an excellent project and I do see this here. Yes. A very, uh, yeah, no picture. Yes. Thank you. So I've learned something. No, that's right. Well, you know, there are a, a deep reading of the texts do, do, do open um, enlightenment. And uh, see, because it's because they don't have a drawing is why I didn't know that. Right, yeah. you're right. You know, the ones that don't have drawings, you forget about. But they were in. Yep. The, they were in the. Cray, uh, one of our folks says the giant crayfish was in the Moat House, the village of Hamlet. Oh, and where I don't remember that. I don't remember. I've run Hamlet. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the Moat House somewhere. Well, Dan, you now you this you will be rewarded by going back to prior issues of Flipping and Turning, and seeing what monsters Hugo is being murdered in. In those episodes, in those issues, I always love those drawings. I do. I do always look forward to. Uh, and I'm, and I feel yeah. like I could now that someone who you know, obviously uh, Adrian, who's actually skilled it, I think I could do one of the gelatinous cube or the invisible stalker. Now I could do Hugo getting murdered by one of them. <laughs> I think I, I could just cut this out and have him look horrified. By something invisible in front of him. So if you please don't let Adrian do those, save those for me so I could work. All right, fair, fair enough. Fair and, enough. And the cutoff for issue four submissions is when? Well, um, issue four submissions, written submissions, I'm hoping to get them in by the end of April or the beginning of May. Then uh, that way I can begin with getting illustrations through the month of May and assemble the book properly in June for its availability in June, towards the end of June. All right, great. So next we have something to make. You can, some, I think this is super cool that uh, recipe comes and gives us gruel to thing. That's awesome. Yeah. I need to try this one. one sounds, this one sounds delicious. Eggs in the nine, in the nine hells. I think that's wonderful. I got to try this one. 
And see, there's actually three things going on here, because as you may notice, because and Nikki puts a recipe, which then follows right into the adventure that comes afterwards, which is the Daughters of Wesson Vale. And you may be, and, and readers may be interested to know that Len Lakafka's Medio Vampire makes a, a um, is in this adventure. So we were, he was, Brian was able to uh, basically put that, uh, the Medio Vampire into the adventure so there's an actual theme going on there. Yeah. I, I mean, at some point, I know we can't charge money, but I feel like this is so much super cool stuff. You get adventures, monsters. I mean, dragon. <laughs> Strategic we, we, review. We canceled our subscription. Right. To dragon recently. Yeah. yeah. Why, I mean, why not? Why, why do that? What, what do you need it for? Mm-hmm. Now we have a couple uh, of advertising. That's also great to see people coming out to support us, uh, to support yep. the magazine. The convention we are hosting and an ad for the Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum. If you are in Lake Geneva, go to the Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum uh, and see the um, where it all started. Uh, next is several pages of grappling with unarmed combat. So this is also by... David Thompson. Um, if anyone in the Grog Empire can explain grappling with unarmed combat, it's him. And I, I just like to point out that it's one, two, three, four, five, six pages long, which is four pages longer, five pages longer than in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So you might actually, after reading this, you might actually understand how uh, unarmed combat is supposed to be uh, done in Dungeon in uh, D and D. And just out of curiosity, when I'm done reading this, is it going to make me want to use it or not use it? I think it's going to, as in all cases, it is, it is, uh, it's, the argument is, is that you should use this. And having run through it after reading this, I would say that it, it, it's a, it makes unarmed combat very um, interesting and fun and much more than just roll a d20, okay, you hit, you grabbed him, whatever, like, some of the derivative and simplified rules from the book that shall not be named. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I mean, it's just the problem with the unarmed, and even David did a great job. It's just intimidating with all the variables in it. And, and, but you get the flavor of it. And for, for folks who don't feel comfortable extrapolating on, okay, you hit, you grapple them, it, it's... It, it gives you that, and it, and there's some realism, quote unquote, to it, which is a lot of fun, but it is intimidating. So well, it's intimidating, it but part of this, but but what this article does is to try to get you through that into to, to de-escalate that, that you're not intimidating, to explain to you which things can be done ahead of time. I mean, it's it's uh, combat in D and D is is. Uh, is can be intimidating if you have to remember what's my plus to hit for strength, what's my plus to hit for my weapon. But if you write it down and it's ready ahead of time, then you just roll a d20 and you add it. So let's. Uh, so what we're going to do, Dan? I'm going to add this for our future. Uh, we're going to for for the next monster encounter. Whoever fights the cave bear has to grapple them. <laughs> That's a great idea. All right, we're gonna have to read these. Right, that's why. We're gonna have well, to... you're gonna have to. Whoever you do, you're gonna have to work out their height and their strength, and their dexterity. 
Well, James runs the combat on random encounter. So James, more you be ready me. for that. I'm just saying what I, who, we're going to have to do it there. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to go through, you have to read the notes too. And we have to be prepared for whatever we pick so that, that this will be a grappling. So the well, bear, just, the bear just, should win. The one thing, Oh, the bear will win. And the reason why is that, um, when you grapple, the one thing about grappling is you go last in the round. So oh. you roll initiative, um, you're going to go last. And so the bear is going to get his claw, claw, bite, hug, hug on you. But, you know, if you have 30, 30 beggars, might be able to overbear a 12th level bard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, coming next is a couple of uh, a page of uh, ads for friends of the show, which is of course Carlos and Vic. So, yeah, so Vic, uh, one of our uh, patrons, bought one of the groggies, which is super cool. So yep. uh, there's an opportunity. Go out there and and help uh, support. Vic and his things that he does. I mean, he's a great friend of the show and he does a lot of things. So please come out, help them. That would be super cool. Yes, absolutely. And of course, same is true with Carlos and uh, Castle Entertainment. Next, we have a uh, continuation of uh, A Touch of Class Monks by uh, Brian Large. And this is a wonderful, uh, basically, argument or apologia for playing a monk in a D&D game. And having played a game with him playing a monk, I can only say that he knows everything there is to know about playing a monk and makes them tremendously cool. And every bit of that comes through in this article. So I encourage this 100%. Okay. Uh, oh, there's an idea, first of all. Uh, let me step my first thing. Yes, he is, he is to monks what Dan is to gnomes. He is the... Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, a, a, malign, a malign class that people don't understand why anyone waste their time with. Brian fights the good fight. Uh, so the someone had an idea. Maybe we should make up stats for Dan and James, and they should wrestle each other. <laughs> Wait a minute! That could be the thing that you do when you five guys finally get back together and are doing the show in the same place. That's right. Well, that could be. You can just. You can just. You could just wrestle. Right. We could just wrestle. That'd be mm. great. Or maybe or that, that could be a grog con. I'd, I'll, oh just go with, I'll just go with Pummel. I'm not going to grapple him. I just. I think, I, I think you guys, I think you should do this at GrogCon and it could be a fundraiser. So can you start working on the waiver, Dan? Because I'm, I'm a sure. I'll, I'll need a waiver that you'll have to sign and vice versa. Yes. And of course, we'll need to import Aurelian Mud for the, for, for the event. Don't That's you think? Right. That's right. One giant, one cubic yard of Aurelian Mud. <laughs> Pretty expensive. Um, we got a page which is part of the uh, Pixie and Glades adventure. Of course, there's a joke at the bottom of the page about the pipe. Um, it's also then fresh. comes my, what is possibly my favorite thing in the whole magazine which is the barefoot beatdown it is the um a description of the mighty school of halfling monks of the barefoot beatdown fighting style unaccredited and it is Uh, put together by the super cool one the only carlos lysing so it's a little bit of fiction a little bit of uh description of the halfling monk as an npc class and the um 
origin of their very unorthodox fighting style. And now we're at the end of the book. There's an ad for um, Alchemist's first Alembic. I know this thing is awesome. When, when, mm-hmm. Does this be available? Uh, it says it's available where Alchemist Toys or something. I looked. Uh, is there a tremendous shortage of them? Yeah, there is a tremendous, you're right. Uh, there's been uh, demand has outstripped supply. Let me just say that. Um, it the fact that the uh, succubus hair was much harder to uh, to source than we originally thought, and it's printed on all the boxes and stuff. So we're having a little trouble with that. Was that because but of I, the uh, Suez Canal ship? issue i don't know if that was related or not there's i heard there was well, a container that, full of succubi in there and uh, that's a for that, that's a wonderful that's an excuse that i will absolutely latch on to sure why not <laughs> there you go i love it <laughs> so that's super fun and then last well, the last the movie the we're waiting cover, for the bag cup back cover has the uh the the movie poster for the upcoming blockbuster the Dice Don't Lie, uh, starring Dan Hermansky. Straight to videotape. Straight to video. Straight, well, it's, straight it's to streaming. It's available now. on the dark web. That's right. It's that rough. Yes. It was the um, it was the free thing you got when you you know bought goobers and whatever at the video store. It's like uh, right. rent a rent a movie, get a goobers, get a free copy of The Dice Don't Lie. Right, and so in the parking lot, you just see a bunch of them like laying in the uh, run over by cars, and yeah, they're piled up in the trash can. Well, people could certainly do that, but they're missing out on a tremendously a, a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun to make. It really was. I'll, I'll, I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet. And um, and and you were really in shape. I have to say, you bulked up a lot for the movie, and I and it shows. I, I, that's a commitment to the role that you know only the finest of uh, B movie actors will take on. Right. And, 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 and keep in mind here that there's a lot of James starred in this too. Well, as the liar, James, <laughs> James does. James, James was, was the first, he, he was the first uh, person you beat down. Right. The Apollo Creed. Your, I was your, not the Apollo Creed. I was the bus. Not even what was the, what was the guy from um, punch out from the old Nintendo. I was glass Joe, but that was the, the glass first, jaw Joe. Yeah. yeah. The first guy glass you Joe. fought. <laughs> actually, no, actually, actually, I don't think I don't make an appearance. This is like a horror movie where I'm like always in the shadows. Cause if you look, it's starring James co-starring burrowing mammals, glade and pixie. So what happens is, is I actually never, I'm just always in the shadows. It's like the the fear of the unknown. Oh, you know, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure you've seen the movie. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, you, I'm not sure. I was, in, I was all the way to the end. <laughs> the final scene. Interest? The final scene. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. <laughs> the uh, scene where you burst through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. Right. My gosh, it was. I was on the edge of my seat, and I pound James, and I grapple James. Right. You grapple James with one hand and a bear with the other. It was yeah. tremendous. He tried to stare at me. That was, me to stone. That was great. That was, was there. What a, what a great, what a great uh, movie that was. That was fun times doing that. And one day, if we, if it ever gets released, um, we, we're like Prince in the Vault. We have so many well, things there you just can't see. So 
Well, the reason why I'm not listed on it is because I refuse to come out of my uh, out of my trailer. <laughs> I just <laughs> I never all your lines were dubbed. Yes, they yeah, just had to... little rich little to do your lines. Yes, they just had to go on without me. That's like those old uh, poorly dubbed uh, martial arts movies. And now the, the dice of... don't lie. The part yes. the part of. The part of Dan will be played by um, ex, uh, the excerpts from of Lou Ferrigno from the, uh, the Incredible Hulk. Well, very good. That's well. Again, uh, I know we've said it both privately and publicly. This work, uh, and and again, thanks to everyone who's contributed. But if it mm-hmm. wasn't for Rob, this would not exist. Simple as that. So thank you, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Rob. Well, let's keep the let's keep it ro- rolling. It's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. The issue four is filling out, but there's still room for uh, contributions. Um, some of y'all have said you're going to send me things, and uh, I haven't seen them. All I'm saying is, I'm going to give Dan a protein shake and send them after you if you don't uh, <laughs> you don't come across. Well, he's going to use right? that protein shake to write strongly worded letters. To them, and it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. govern yourself accordingly. Well, no, you're going to enforce. The opposite of a ce- yeah, the opposite of a ce- whatever the opposite of a cease and desist is. Uh, well, start and start and uh, continue. So I'm going to send you start and continue letters. You're going to uh, <laughs> demand that the the terms of the agreements are going to be enforced. Uh, That's right. Yeah. I mean, well, payment will not be forthcoming if you do not complete. Well, Wait, they're they're in they're in they're in breach of contract, and uh, we will we will proceed with the remedies. Tortiously yeah. behavior, and we'll enjoin this tortiously conjoined curium behavior. Right, and 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 no slap. There will be no slap. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lawsuits, slap lawsuits. Lawsuits. So, you know what we should do, James? We should file uh, an uh, amicus curiae brief against them. Yeah, oh, that's good. That was Latin. Or, excuse me. I love that Elvis. Love it when you drop that Elvis yeah. in the show. We should go ab initio. We're gonna go. We're gonna drop an ab initio on them. Have you seen these ab initios? We're gonna go <laughs> ab. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> okay. And on that note. And on that note, I think we're time to roll. This D10 is not reflective of the magazine. The magazine is a is a 15 out of 10. I'm so Rob, you're here because apparently I am here. Uh, he, I don't know if Dan got all his dice, so I'm assuming he doesn't. So you may roll the D10 to say how this episode went. All right, I've got my D10 right here. So and I'm going to fudge it like crazy. Oh my God! I'm not. It's a zero. A zero. It's so, a ten. So we got a zero. It's a zero. <laughs> a ten is a, a, Wait, it, what? It, it literally came up. And this is this was better than the one with Steve Wong. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's a. Standing ovation. Please, thank you. Gosh. <laughs> thank you, Kyle. Wow. Have you noticed how every time we've never had a bad roll? I'm starting to get suspicious of our guest rolls. 
Well, they they never been like it's a two. The dice don't lie, Dan. Okay, okay. Uh, Dan, I'm not 100 percent sure you, your memory is is it's it's been 80 episodes. I'm not sure you remember that some of those early shows were real stinkers. Yes. according to the dice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. The, the dice, the dice <laughs> definitely don't lie. So, uh, again, hopefully we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you again, Rob, for your work on that. Uh, hopefully next week we will be playing uh, next Saturday from 7 to 10 or 11. Um, so if you're interested, please reach out to us through Patreon. And for Grog Talk, I'm James. And I'm Dan. And who are you? The little oh, I'm Rob. Rob. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for everything you've done. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Grog Talk. Take care. This is Big Apushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.